the the part where I said I'm going to get my Dude, recordings going now. is <laughs> yeah. Well, I was still numbering common writer episodes so that Plex understands what seasons are and aren't. What the fuck is going on down there? But no, I just, just give me a file explorer on my TV that runs in, the, you know, a, a granular enough resolution where it's not like 10 lines per screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm so good. I'm so good. You know what else was so good? New York Comic Con from anywhere but at New York, from what I'm told. It's a very crowded show. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to the show. Hey. Uh, TJ, welcome to WTF and TFW. Hello. I heard New York Comic Con is still a hellscape, unfortunately. Uh, it's used to be the slightly smaller than San Diego show, and a couple years ago it turned into the slightly bigger than San Diego show, and uh, it seems like, you know, I got friends who go, and they have fun, but no one ever tells me, like, yeah, this is a show worth dedicating four days of attendance to, uh, and, a, and a trip, because it, it just sounds so... Um, bloated, uh, which I, I kind of like, but yeah, I don't know. Someday I'm going to go to New York Comic Con again, but I, I just, I, I, I want to go in a way where there's like zero trouble and zero bustle, and I, I don't think that's feasible right now. Uh, but we also got a bunch of stuff from New York Comic Con to talk about because they showed some Transformers there, as they do. They had a live stream that was unrecorded and unbroadcasted, and then it turns out it was recorded. Um, except that this uh, Sci-Fi Wire recording everyone's saying is the best recording, it does not work in my country, so I guess Sci-Fi Wire sucks. Um, however, we got we got bullet points, we got screenshots from it, and we're gonna we got a whole bunch from New York Comic Con to talk about. Just the only thing at this panel that was like really huge is they once again brought a component of the next titan toy with them and this time instead of being like a leg uh they brought a whole alt mode they brought a little tank because the next titan toy is omega supreme uh with the micromaster countdown inside which seems i guess like a job upgrade for countdown all things considered yeah um and uh you know what it looks like an omega supreme tank omega supreme sure seems like a siege kind of guy uh, like you say the word siege and Omega Supreme, and I'm like, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, that makes sense. And that tank looks good. There's really not much else to say about it other than I think the tank looks good, and it seems like it's a nice big hamburger size. Um, you know, like a big hamburger size. Aaron, you feeling anything? Uh... I, uh, yeah, that, I guess that'd be a really like odd, crunchy hamburger, plastic shards. Listen, sometimes you need that crunch to wake up, right? I that's that's why we put cornflakes in our chicken wrap, right? You want to get a little bit of that, that little bit of that that you know, a little bit of that hunch in your bite. Mhm. Not mean. Uh TJ, what about you? Omega Supreme. I I mean, I Aaron, I should have mentioned or asked you as well. I don't think this is like a surprise really. Like this was a guy who was on a voting list. Yeah. Uh, I I still so, expect to. See, so what else did we have from that voting list? Like Scorponok, Scorponok, and Scorponok. Star Saber. I think the, this it was, is the it Titan was Scorponok, voting list. and it was this was the Titan voting list. Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I, th- I think no, that's where we got Trypticon. Yeah, Scorponok is the only one left on the list now. I think. 
So, hey, guess what we're going to be seeing in two years, probably. <laughs> that makes me sad. Um, TJ, does this does Omega Supreme make you sad as well, or are you, how are you feeling about Omega Supreme? I mean, it absolutely makes sense for Siege. He is very Cybertronian in design and still, even even when he's being very traditional to his old toy. Hmm. I mean, it it makes all this, it makes total sense, but it it does leave me a little bit disappointed because me personally, I'm not, I don't get super thrilled over Omega Supreme. Yeah. Like, okay, he's a cool. It's cool. He's a big figure, but like, I'm still in that camp Scorponok of why haven't we gotten a new Scorponok already? Like, at least we know all the technologies now real solidly in place for Scorponok. He's he's probably going to be a real easy thing to to jump right into designing. They got headmasters, they got multi-part, etc. Um, I'm also not, like, the like I don't get really, like, doing backflips over Omega Supreme so much as I do over a potential repaint that they're never going to do, because they're all evil monsters. But um, Omega Supreme also is a toy idea where it's like, the way you get me excited is you tell me that he only breaks into three pieces. Um, like, that's why one of those masterpiece third-party Omega Supremes, the DX9 one, Gabriel... Uh, really, really got my attention is because you don't have to shred him into pieces to uh-huh. transform him. You you pop his arms off, they're the rocket. Pull his torso out, it's the tank. Everything else except for two yellow clips just transforms down into a base, and that's a really cool idea, and I'm kind of hoping that that's what we're going to be seeing with the Siege Omega Supreme. Gabriel's wings come off, too. I forgot. Sue me! I don't need him to be super G1 slavish if it means that he also doesn't have to, like, shred into arms, wings, feet, legs, shins, plates, etc. to turn into a base, because I hate that. I hate that as a transformation thing, unless there, like unless there's really cool mechanisms happening. Usually Omega Supremes that are G1-y have this f- feeling of, like, I'm, I'm just pulling pieces off and putting them back together like a Mugenbein toy, but less intense... This is mostly a condemnation of the fans' toys one, because I think the transformation on that thing looked really stupid, but that's just me. Um, Omega Supreme, though. We'll see what he does. Uh, Other stuff from the panel. I'll just bop through a little bit of this. Um, Apparently, they they pointed out that the Studio Series is going to be more movie-accurate than the Energon Igniters, and I'm sure someone needed to hear that. That's uh, something you could have probably assumed. You you mean the the Blitzwing they showed off that has... Uh, Revenge of the Fall and Megatron's body is not accurate to the movie? Probably not, apparently. not, or At least it's, it's oh. probably heavily stylized. Uh, apparently there's lots more to be seen from the Cybertron scene in the Bumblebee movie. Um, John Warden feels the tone of the movie gives him, quote, all the feels, end quote. You know, fully datifying that phrase, all the feels. Mm-hmm. Um it harkens back to the original show. Trailers have sh- uh, shown a fair bit, but there's still more to be shown. And a uh, few moments of the film made the Hasbro team cry. Feels that Travis Knight, quote-unquote, gets it. If you needed to have even more ammunition of everyone involved in Transformers throwing extremely soft but bloated shade at the last ten years of Transformers movies. Um, apparently... They talk about how Transformers is becoming a family franchise with fan, older fans introducing their children to the franchise, and I feel like that's not untrue. I just feel like that's been going on a lot longer than, you know, currently. No, um, no, it's just now that that cycle's happening. Yeah, like li- like literally this week. <laughs> yeah, it's, the first child of a Transformers fan was born this week. 
<laughs> the stars turned a sea of blood red and emerald green, and we knew that the second age had begun. Uh, they, uh, they they showed movie masterpiece Bumblebee, who got diecast. Um, there were some energon igniters on display, which <laughs> it's kind of a bummer that that was kind of the bulk of the movie reveals for toys. <laughs> I don't think Energon Igniters actually look all that bad. I watched some videos of how that gimmick works. I think it's a kind of cool gimmick having like a little dynamo engine thing or whatever, like a pull. Is it? I think it's a dynamo engine where you push down and it goes forward. Um, it's kind of neat to have a bunch of toys that can have one of those inserted or hooked onto them. But mm-hmm. you know, um, there was some G one issue talk. Uh, the, apparently, in honor of the new film, which is an interesting connotation. Uh, quote, they're out if your parents threw out your collection in the 90s, if you want to start also feeling old if you were not a kid in the 90s. Um, or at least not a little, little kid in the 90s. Uh, studio series, some stuff we're going to talk about. It, basically that drift. Um, and uh, Generation Siege, uh, they showed they showed the, the tank. They showed that the uh, Shockwave tour we're going to talk about can do the are all dead pose which they're calling the most Generation 1 homage they've ever done, which I almost want to try to question, but, like, it's such a granular thing at this point. Like, I'm not really sure what the point is. Um, And this was interesting to me. They said Siege is taking articulation to the next level, and I have noticed a lot of those Siege Voyagers and up. There's, like, waist joints, ankle tilts aplenty, uh, wrist swivels. Like, that Voyager Optimus seems like a, a big selling point of him is he turns into just a really good action figure. So, I don't know if it's at the next level, if you were, say, going to go ten years back to the heyday of Revenge of the Fallen money and how much stuff was moving on those, but to me, the sentiment makes it's, sense. It's in the cycle. Yeah. It's going to be, like... We're, we're at the more, high point of the sine wave. Yeah, more moving parts than you expect. Like, the number of Studio Series toys I've opened and then actually just went to see, all right, where's the ankle tilt? And it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think that's what they're talking about. Uh, but let's let's get into this, the, the toy photos proper. Let's let's start with the big ones here. Let's just do the Siege Decepticons. This stuff took the show for me. I and this stuff also took the line for me. The Decepticons actually look like they're from a line called Siege War for Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Is how I would describe them. Uh, also, aside from Starscream, the alt modes are all just like. Mwah. Like, like uh, Megatron is also kind of boring, but, like, the fact that Shockwave, Soundwave, and the three reflectors can all turn into basically, like, what I would call a perfect sci-fi spaceship, um, like, in a Wing Commander vein, almost, where I could see, like, Shockwave, Soundwave, and three reflectors looming over the horizon of some planet that's about to be invaded. Like, I'm so into these guys. It's like the Decepticon Intelligence Division. Mm-hmm. Uh have unified alt modes and i've seen people talking some smack on on the soundwave alt mode which uh i think i understand how people are getting to that point but i think they're wrong the sound i'll say soundwave's alt mode looks like a space like aircraft carrier yes a big flat deck with like the the scuffing on it that like at least on the the model images of what that scu- if if that scuffing is what the like battle damage is that we get that doesn't look bad. Well, if uh, if it ends up like the painted stuff that we see in the diorama, heh. 
Let's let's talk about we'll, we'll hit the battle damage here and there. Uh, as, as an actual topic, I kind of wanted like just sledgehammer that thing at the end. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the thing about Soundwave also, let me just add to what you said. His tape deck door is on the back of that alt mode, like a friggin' spaceship aircraft. Like that just opens up in the back. The cassettes come mm-hmm. flying out. Like mm. uh, the reflectors. Like if you buy three of them, you can make them a dumb camera if you want to. But they the, the turn into little friggin' satellite ships. And they all have bridges and cockpits. Yeah. Um, friggin'. I, I like how the satellite ship is the part you get excited for on that it, one. It is because I'm. I mean, I appreciate the camera thing as an homage, but it's also friggin' boring. It's three guys folded up as cubes bolted together on a tripod. Uh, it's boring, but I give it a lot of credit for all those parts having something to do in his vehicle mode, in his robot mode. But, oh, wait, they also form the camera if you have yeah. three of them. So the oh, option absolutely. is there, <coughs> which is cool. I, I'm not, I'm not, I should say, because I, I, I am coming across like that. I'm not saying the camera mode sucks or anything. And it's, it's, I think it's actually incredibly cool that not only is it a bonus for collecting three of them, but, like, you can remove the shutter from the stomach of two of them if you want to. Like that part, it was confirmed. That part comes off, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's freaking awesome. But like, like Shockwave is is just a floating Yamato cannon with a Macross bridge. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm so into this. I don't mean to like just shove these three right to the forefront, but I do when I talk about what excites me. Um, so, uh, did you notice they pulled a six shot on him? Yes, I uh, I saw the diagram. Someone shared that with me on Twitter where people like there's a diagram of how he's an upside down submarine with a bunch of stuff bolted onto him to make him into a battleship. Mm-hmm. But if you take all that stuff off, yes, there is an upside down submarine. Apparently people asked about upside down submarine at the show and <laughs> did not get any kind of positive response. And I'm like, y'all got to right, be because more tuned. They, they know that we know that that's a dumb code word now. So they know they can't say anything about it. I I think that it's, I mean, maybe there's legality I'm not understanding, but to me it just seems like such a great legal, uh, legally, it feels like a legally safe code word that is incredibly stupid, but in all the right ways. Like, in, in their position, if it was something we could do without getting in trouble, I would so own that. Just be like, there is, in fact, for when he lands on Earth, an upside-down submarine does disengage out of the center of that battle mode. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I I, uh, I kind of took us all aimless here. Uh, TJ, let's, like just talking about about these uh, these intelligence folk. Like, you know, let's talk about Shockwave because he's clearly like the the centerpiece of all this. Like that Shockwave, friggin', I was I was expecting something a lot simpler, and I like everything that he uh, yeah. does in, in in addition. Is what I'll say. Yeah, it, it does kind of bug me that like I w- I want to see what he looks like. Sands all that stuff in in his vehicle mode or air quote vehicle mode. It's not just oh, it's just the G one gun. Yeah, uh, I I'm I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about how part for me his vehicle mode is, especially kids. We just got done talking about part for me Omega Supremes. I guess for him, it's like I am assuming there is a gun mode in there, and and also like it looks like it's um kind of the front and the back you're just yanking off and then you can slap them together into that little surfboard that he's on mm-hmm. so I think there's a, there's a simplicity to it and also I guess for Omega Supreme it's also that there is no core robot for him like the tank doesn't turn into a little robot it just turns into you know a head on a torso Yeah. yeah. so there's a, there's a degree yeah. of separation for how I think I guess when I think about those two I, I, do, I do like the madness of his super mode 
It's so that's high shockwave. That's what that is. That is that is friggin' shockwave just going like, all right, I guess it's time for me to become a higher life form. And he's just friggin' those extra shockwave arms. <laughs> yeah, to me it almost seems like there might be something else going on with that too. Uh, who who knows, right? Like the, um if that thing turns into a little friggin' like micro shockwave, I'm going to die. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying the way that those shoulder pads are like look almost entirely like legs that like I wonder if there's some other like layered thing in there of, hey, when you end up getting all the leader or, you know, all the the bad guy leaders, all these seemingly extra parts end up doing something else because there's like the weird angled stuff up on top of sound wave that it could be a weaponizer thing that like, yeah you know, like brunt and uh and and what's his name like it could be like you know you can attach these parts onto other figures as their arms or as or maybe yeah. on the weaponizers you can give them those things as limbs because mm-hmm. it all seems to be five millimeter pegs and ports which i'm so happy to see yeah Just those or like everywhere. the shoulder parts are a universal shoulder clip thing yeah but uh tj yeah like like this this shockwave um does does do some of that parts for me stuff he is very g1 like is that affecting how you're feeling about him at all uh only in that i've been after something like this for a long time now i've been hoping to get some kind of like i i was lamenting because the closest i had for my classics slash universe slash whatever shelf has been either the uh, Fall of Cybertron Deluxe mm-hmm. or the one that's in there right now, which is the Cyber Battalion figure. The Cyberverse Ultra figure actually looks pretty good, but it's 30 Canadian. And I didn't want to spend that on something that kind of simple. But I, I took a look mm-hmm. at it because it's in those packages where you can basically like halfway play with the figure. And I noticed it was basically the Deluxe one, but with all the joints that I thought were missing from the Deluxe one. Um... Oh, that's that's interesting to know. Like, I I basically went like, "Do you have a neck swivel?" Oh, you do have a neck swivel. All right, I kind of want you now. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'm 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 hyped for this shot. Okay, also- so I've just bounced through a bunch of the bot mode images. Yeah, almost every bot has a similarly located peg on the front of their shoulders. Let me go take a look at these higher reses again. Megatron, yes. Downway, no. Intense. I, I, I can't tell if it actually has pegs or not. Oh! No, I see it on Soundwave. Yeah, Reflector does too. I mean, that could just be connection points for the whole uh, the combat. But that's, but that's what I'm saying, is I wonder if, like, if enough of these are coming together. My bet is that's where shockwaves big shoulder parts like that's specifically what they connect to and if every everybody has that peg then everybody can wear shockwave shoulders i think that's also how people are wearing some of the weaponizer parts like that's yeah that's a good spot like that's got to be part of the universal connection system outside of like just pegging stuff in Mm -hmm. oh that's so cool like this seems like a fun line now like i mean not to denigrate on those Autobots so much, but the Decepticons are just they're speaking so much to me. Aaron, Shockwave, how are you feeling about the, about this guy? Like, he's so G1, and then if you get tired of that, just stick all that stuff on him, and now yeah. he's like a friggin' Cybertron toy. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I'm really... I, I got really excited at uh, the second half of the reveals, um, because that was... 
I, I like a little bit of initial trepidation that I was having was the way that what was that um, Energon, where Autobots and Decepticons each had their own yeah. like entirely separate gimmick because all the yeah. Autobots could combine and all the Decepticons had their hidden weapons and it seemed like man there could be some fun play here to do things the other way that never happened. But it looks like uh, that's not going to be a thing or an issue. So, mm. um, I am uh, trying to be cautiously optimistic. I don't even feel like I have to be cautious about shockwave, reflector, and soundwave. Like I see nothing about those toys. That... Yeah, but because it, like I, so the one thing with with refractor, with refractor, I hope that there is a three pack of some sort along the way. That seems like a store exclusive that they'll try to at least shop around. Right. Like also with Refractor, yeah. I gotta know what the case imagine if a case is two of them, then we have a problem. Right. Oh, that's God. that's kind of that's kind of my concern because it's a deluxe price point. Hey. Oh, there's one in a case. Yeah, Hasbro, go f yourself. Yeah, well well they know like this is this is a like for collecting, they know this is a windfall for them because they're gonna sell three times as many. Mm -hmm. Also, I'll just say to they anyone know who's worried, so many collectors are going to be buying that so many times over. It's a little more expensive, perhaps, but all the Japanese releases are basically identical to what we're getting. So if you do get stuck on like finding Reflector, I'm just going to call him that because I really hate how they spelled Refractor <laughs> with a K. Uh, but if you if you can't find them at all, or you just need like an extra one, like it is pretty solidly available via ordering it through Japan. It is just going to cost you like straight up whatever it costs in Japan. So you might pay a bit extra. Yeah, but at then least it's going to be know. something dumb like the Pantone's going to be a, a shade they, no, or two off. And they don't do that anymore. Yeah, kind of sadly, you, that, that's what you say now. <laughs> no, you know I'm saying it now because that'll, I would love that'll it be when they separate again. I, I would be so down for the Japanese Siege toys to not have friggin' dry brushing all over them. Like I'm, I'm trying to invite oh, yeah, this. Like that like this is this is where I really miss Takara just doing their own thing with the paintwork because you know they would not do all of this battle damage nonsense. Like, let me just say this: look at Soundwave's chest, okay? Like I don't see any good way that that gets executed. Not hand painted, not in CG, certainly not in mass production. Like, I think so. If like to make that crackle look good, I think if they ended up like molding that crackle. So some of this and stuff on, is like, molded. the backside of it, then yeah, like, I think it would be good. Some of this stuff is in the molding. Like it was pointed out to me recently because I'd forgotten. And and like there are there are some nicks and dings and scars that are in the sculpts. But like I don't know, man. Because you know what looks like silver dry brushing already kind of looks chintzy on smooth mm -hmm. surfaces. A big smooth clear surface with dry brushing on it is gonna look like double chintzy. Uh, like that actually should be a sticker over top of a clear thing. Uh, if, you, if you're going to do it, yeah. But uh, we 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 already had a year and a half of that discussion, so <laughs> I guess we just got to go with whatever's going on. Um, but yeah, outside of Shockwave, let's, let's hit let's hit that Soundwave and his two pack of little cassette dudes. Um, Soundwave apparently can also form his tower mode as an Easter egg or his lamp mode. That's actually something a lot of Soundwave toys could do because it's just doing a T pose with your head stored away. But uh, there are more specificities to it that other people have mentioned that I, I you know, I'm not going to say you're wrong. It's just, I don't, I don't, I've never cared enough about the lamppost mode uh, to need that stuff. But apparently, he's got everything he needs to be a lamppost. Um, I already does he have LEDs? Mode. Will he actually light up a street? Did he even light a street when he did it in G1? 
No, that, he just stood yeah, there. That was a terrible disguise. <laughs> I'm a lamppost that doesn't work and is colored like Soundwave. <laughs> There's another lamppost across the street, so it works. Yeah. Also, it's purple. Ignore it. Um, like I kind of just imagined on 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 Cybertron, he could just form a whole bunch of different shapes to just accommodate different areas oh, or yeah. different objects. One's, one's a T pose. Like, one's a Arms at I can its side. Specific- <laughs> yeah, not not like I can specifically only hide as a lamp beside a road. <laughs> That's my listen. Functionism was a terrible t- chapter of our history, uh, and I'm trying to survive. Um, so he, he's uh, he's he's also got a one of those MicroMaster two packs is going to be Ravage and Laserbeak in Cybertronian modes. Uh, Laserbeak looking like he did um, in the G1 cartoon. Ravage uh, just kind of looking puffy as he tends to do when he's a mainline toy. Um, there's a real creepy thing where they're also going like you can use the cassettes as shields. So I'm like you could, but that's also the hella dick move. And I don't believe for a second <laughs> Soundwave would ever just slap Laserbeak on his arm and block incoming gunfire with them. Uh, I don't believe you, but that you know, the look Laserbeak for a long time <laughs> wasn't chest trained, and he would make <laughs> nasty messes in there. And then who's got to clean it up? Soundwave, if Soundwave really loves his laser beak, then he's happy to have laser beak use him as a toilet. That sounded different in my head, <laughs> but I don't care. Um, either way, that's kind of cool that, you know, the Soundwave play pattern is there, and it's also not restricting the budget of any of the components, is how I'd put it. Uh, Soundwave is a standalone release. Um, and also, I, I, I haven't really looked that close at Soundwave, but, like, he's got, like, his his shoulder cannons, like, on a little, like, hingy arm thing. And, like, people mention that, like, it looks like his gun can also unfold to just be a handle for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe he can make a hammer with his cylinder weapons. And, like, the, the siege weapon stuff is just hitting it with me. Uh, Aaron, the, how, how are you feeling about Soundwave? I was sitting there trying to see if there's also the hidden, like, cassette recorder boombox mode in there with some of the other shapes, like, lining up with what they were. Look at his knees. Before, they can... right. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's like I wonder if that's just a, again an artifact of everything, all the other shapes that it's mimicking. There's no reason not to have it bend that way with nothing else lining up because, like, how the flap on his arm is and it it goes one way, not the other way, and some of the other things. So it's just well, like, the, the, so the flap on his arm, like where it's folded down, that's folded under. Like his his cassette chest is facing out the back of his uh, right spaceship mode so I, I think looking at just how everything reshaped itself for the spaceship mode like him folding into a rectangle seems quite doable right but again it's going to be are the actual tabs and the like going to be there i mean i don't think they're even there for the lamp mode really. make it work right <laughs> yeah again lamp modes just t-pose but uh because if, uh... if it could do that as well that would be the chef's kiss Oh yeah, and uh, and, know, and make uh, some other jank in there. Like, ah, it's okay that it's kind of janky because he's kind of a triple changer and also has to have the block chest because you got to store at least two friggin' cassettes in there now, or else nobody cares. He's, he's gonna be able to fold into enough of a rectangle that worst case, someone, even probably just a Shapeways artist, will probably design the stuff to plug into all his pegs and holes. To finish making him look like an eighties, just know, to wrap it box. with purpley, bluey duct tape and call it a day. 
Yeah. Or just, you know, just plug in some, like, fillers, basically, if he doesn't form a perfect little rectangular prism. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ, how you feeling about Soundwave? Our Siege Soundwave? Uh, I am digging it so far. Like, I... I feel like I tend to like the vehicle mode a lot more than others. I do too. I like I, I, I like I like the look of this just big heavy blockade runner. Like it's just supposed to plow through stuff it's, and not get blown up in the process. It's awesome and like the placement of the cockpit given it that scale, like I've actually I've I haven't been like fighting with people, but like the number of folks who are like, huh, that alt mode though, I'm kinda like I I feel like you're saying something someone else told you to say, you know? Like of the questionable alt modes we've had over the years, like this is like one of the least in my opinion. But yeah, I'm not now I'm arguing how good it is to you who are saying you like it, so this is I'm getting kind of silly. <laughs> but no, like I did I I do dig what I'm seeing right here. Like out, outside of entire chest is shattered. I'm not sure I'm not sure I dig the I'm not sure I dig that part. Yeah. Uh but the rest, yeah. Like I've been, I've been after a Voyager size sound wave that looks like sound wave. This hits all the right marks for me. Uh, I even like, I I do like that the we're, we're getting Ravage and Laser Beak as a feedback. Like I kind of understand the shield mode is just so they do something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So they have some level of interaction with other toys and function on their own. I love how Laser Beak looks based on his first episode appearance to the point where I, I'm i really kind of upset that Ravage has just, like, a normal jaguar face. I kind of wish he turned into a little, like, uh, yeah, like a, side, like a like a more smoothed-out head, or, like, even if he turned into, like, a little speeder thing. Um, yeah, it would just be more, well, more exciting, I, 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 I guess. I don't, I, don't, I don't even mean that, because, like, I, I, I'm fine with him being a quadruped. yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine with that because, like, that's the whole idea of like, well, they have to conform. Like, whatever their alt mode is, they have to kind of have the shape for it existing already. So, like, if he starts as a quadruped, he needs to stay as a quadruped. I just mean like, I, I wish he had that cockpit-looking head. So, it was, yeah. like, the animal part of him, like, the part that looks like an Earth animal, is gone. Yeah, yeah. And I. I, I think like, this is getting a little bit more like I'm getting unrealistic. I just wish that somehow his legs didn't look quite so um, thick, I guess. He's a little bit overly thick for a Ravage for my taste. But I'll, I'll live, you know. <laughs> he started hitting the gym when he got to Earth. Yeah, I know. He mm-hmm. got them He got them glutes and them thighs just going poof. And I'm like, all right, well... Um, I also want to just, like, I feel like maybe people talked about this and then it kind of just got glazed over with all the other toys. Look at Reflector's articulation for a deluxe. He, he's got an ab crunch and ankle tilts. And, like, he, he just, he, he looks extremely good for, like, granted, his transformations are not the most involved things in the world. And maybe that's part of the reason why he can have more, you know, moving parts in those ways. But uh, I'm, I'm quietly quite impressed with that Reflector. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm doing backflips, straight up backflips, subtle backflips. Um, TJ, how you feeling about Refractor? Reflector has been so high on my list for so long now. Like, I've literally he was felt... almost a truck. <laughs> I know, I know. A few times we almost had him. 
like I'm I'm happy we missed all those times because it led to this where it's just like <laughs> spot on. Like it's his own toy, it's show accurate, it does the camera thing if you got three. And yeah, it's super articulated. Like Reflector is like admittedly a nothing character. He's mm. he's the original Viacon. He was there just so Autobots had lots of things to shoot at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's also he's also like the only thing left in the eighty four cast that didn't have a new toy. So I like this is what I've been after for a long long time. And for a nothing character, they put a lot of love into this thing. Yeah. This is looks like a, a project to someone who felt the way you were just describing of like why haven't we done refractor yet? Like yeah, like I think part of it shows in that uh I don't know about I'd have to take a look at the ones on the show floor to be sure, but like he doesn't show any battle damage in paint or molding. He kind of looks like he's meant to fit in with any line of generations. Like if you've been yeah. waiting on it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think I think in a way they all are um it's just like yeah the, the clo- like okay I'm just looking at the ones on the show floor there's no overt battle damage but he is high greeble um he is very high greeble uh, uh no er- we're, we're gonna get to greeble we, we, we gonna, haven't gotten we, we haven't gotten to the mass greeble figure yet who's okay okay I gotta ask now who's the mass greeble figure oh I was looking at I was looking at Starscream alright well, let's let's hit Starscream uh-huh. Uh, unless Aaron, do you have any, anything else you want to drop in about Reflector that we didn't kind of no. back and forth on? Other than just like curse you, just, yeah. be, just like a Voyager or a leader or something. Voyager three pack. Some well, then, special then three you pack. Didn't collect like five to make it an extra long <coughs> camera. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you couldn't ultra, collect ultra eleven. Or, or see, so like the the thing I was thinking about if they do a um like a special pack like having a different weapons pack that becomes like the flash oh that'd be cool oh and, yeah and, oh uh and do them in the toy colors mm-hmm. that's what i was thinking if you three pack it i wouldn't mind having toy colors and maybe the the toy accurate heads that feels yeah. like a san diego comic-con kind of exclusive mm-hmm. like in a, in a in a box that looks like a camera box like that feels like a thing but, and it uh, comes with a strap or something dumb too that doesn't really fit well. But eh. oh, a strap with five millimeter pegs—you can just peg it onto them. Yeah, that'd be solid. Yeah, it'd be stupid, but it would, it would be solid. Uh, but Starscream—we finally get to see our Tetrajet Starscream, and I want to say he, I, I really like his vehicle mode, or not vehicle mode, his robot mode. That was the joke. Um, the, the robot mode has got again, like there's ab crunches going on in this line, mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm digging that, and I think the the robot mode's looking really good. It's got swish. Uh, it is definitely a greebly thing. The vehicle mode looks like like people told me it's a colonial viper i kind of get it but it also looks like a colonial viper or a tetrajet with all the swish removed um there there was an underside shot that was shown to me somewhere uh which a shows how much of his robot mode is underneath that thing in a ball like but every starscream that's been released lately it's i think it just sticks out more so on this because mm-hmm. he's he's not long enough to kind of stretch it out but also the underside shot suddenly gave those wings a lot more swoosh so I, I started to come around on it a little bit. Uh, also, I love that on the back of the vehicle mode, his his turbine boobs are the propulsion on the back of the vehicle mode. Mm-hmm. So they finally serve a purpose. Uh, it, it, it's kind of lovely in that sense. But I think it's a good looking figure. It's just it's vehicle mode. At the end of the day, 
is to me a letdown uh, shape wise and it looks like a cool figure that I don't really want to buy six of is it something you think would have been better at like a leader size I feel so that like, you'd have more mass in there to like tuck the legs up in or something I feel like yes but I also feel like the immediate argument from a uh, um, not designer even but from a, a line lead a brand manager pr- um, perspective is how did it go when we had a leader scale trio of seekers last time yeah, that, um, that is very true two, two of them languished so hard that they became known as the one combiner wars toy still available right I think uh, I can still find a sky warp around here somewhere yeah, like, like I hate to take that perspective, because on a pure creativity level, yes, like, a leader toy, I think, would have been more interesting, um, and maybe could have allowed more mass to at least have more pointier-looking bits. Um, oh, I, I get the Colonial Viper thing, for sure, and I think that when I have it in hand and I can turn it over and over in my hand, the vehicle mode might click with me more. Mm-hmm. Um it's 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 easily the least exciting of the reveals for me, um, other than the again the robot. Like it's more part of the robot modes. All seem really fun. Um, but Aaron, how are you feeling about about Voyager Starscream? Uh, I mean, like I said, aside from um, kind of, I just I think it's the diorama photos that show just how much of the like the legs and some other parts just hang out underneath. I mean, I think it does a good job of collapsing a lot of that bulk up for it, but Mm -hmm. I just wish that like it went somewhere else. I don't know. I'm trying to flip back to where was one of the images that show like you know, that his the, the nose of it looks like it all flips around and that's what makes a shoulder pylons and yeah. just like there's some neat moves in there. I just kind of wish that maybe instead of the shoulder pylons, those were like the arms collapsed down into that nose and then you can use some of that space to help tuck the legs up rather yeah. than it kind of just looking like you could peel the jet off of the back of him and with a couple of flips just how ha- he just doesn't have wings or shoulder pylons like i i want to cover the easy answer to this because it always comes up is like and it, it's unfortunately is is true answer but you know, usually people will say well what do you expect them to do at this price point for something that's got to, got to turn from a bunch of blocks into an aerodynamic shape and i'm like that's not wrong mm-hmm. and and the fact that they are going for the wings are the wings and the shoulder pylons are the nose cone to some degree is at least that's what it looks like yeah is like that yeah. that that explains a lot of what's going on and probably will explain how he kind of you know gets to keep his proportions as they are mm-hmm. i think that it's not saying the toy is bad to say that a clear negative side to it is the big lump on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's a condemnation of the toy, but I feel like arguing as to whether or not the lump is fine right now is kind of like an aimless argument. Right. And if you really want to get into the evidence of it, I'm looking at three different angles and a CG promo angle, and none of them are hiding the lump. There's no glamour shot that seems to really... Yeah lessen it so it's it's a negative part of a toy that still could be pretty cool in my opinion uh tj how are you feeling about siege starscream uh i'm i'm kind of in the same boat of it is disappointing that that he's got 
so much of it just hanging off of his back. He's got the he's got the under kibble on his vehicle mode. That's <clears throat> that's not surprising. Yeah. I feel like as, as my dog is barking incessantly. Dog's in the like, I agree. That thing looks like a nose. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it feels like they came so close to actually making the Tetrajet look right that they probably could have just made it all the way. Like as a I, leader toy, I think they could have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I feel I feel like it's being held back by the design idea of it has to look like the G one cartoon model when it's done. Like I feel yeah, I feel yeah, yeah like yeah. I feel like a lot of that blockiness would have been gone away if they could have gone okay. Take some liberties with the design. Like you can smooth out the legs, you can flatten them out, or you can do something else with the arms. But no, you have to be. G1 accurate with the with the robot so we gotta go with this and that's a ceiling you'll run into when it's it's a mainline toy with that that kind of budgetary ceiling is like you could point at the Moss Toys Renegade as like well that's a Tetrajet that turns into a better looking Tetrajet that turns into a good looking G1 Seeker and it's like yes it's also like slightly above leader price point like it's getting yeah. to dictate its own rules yeah um, yeah third third party stuff is essentially unlimited budget like they can just to, make to, they can make it however it works and then charge what it takes to profit off of it to a degree like I, it, it's been ex- explained to me that like that notion's a little misleading because a lot of third parties have also been like we could be unlimited budget but we also do need to move x units as a company and so they're they're running into actually kind of the price point discussion i guess internally um or not even running into it they are doing it like if you look at enough third party toys like there are kind of soft price points here and there uh, it's hard. To, I don't know. That's a whole other discussion. But like, I, I know what you mean. Um, Aaron, uh, TJ, either of you guys think you might triplicate buy this thing? Like, that's a weird thing to ask when you've not even handled it yet. But, like, are you looking at this and saying, I want the Seekers? Or are you looking at this and going, like, maybe Starscream? As always with these, man, maybe Starscream. I don't, like... Get it getting into triplicate when it's all the same mold. I've done that enough in the past. Um, like if if they have things that make them good and and unique, if they all have uh, like different other items that come with them that might flavor that uh, decision. But I don't know. See when they're in hand. I mean that's that's the most reasonable answer. <laughs> <laughs> to be sure, like I, I could see a situation in which I would. Yeah, like, like for me. However, not right off the bat, for sure. If if the toy is like a hand feel, like just tour de force, and I come off of it going like, this is the next Evasion Prime. This is the next Deluxe Orion Pax. This is my toy. This felt so good. Then I'd be like happy and ready to buy it in triplicate. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna. I think it's gonna come down to how that transformation feels. And whether all that articulation is really as good in practice as it looks in these photos. Um, but TJ, are you, do you want to seek her up? Do you want to cone head up? I only ask because I saw people literally reacting to this as like, can't wait to buy six. So, this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm going to take the same approach of uh, we will see. Uh, yeah. Depends on how the toy feels and how much it plays. Because I'm willing to buy a set of three seekers. I, I still own, I think, like eight versions of the classic Seekers mold. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just that kind of sucker, I guess. But I 
I, I I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait and see how this one feels because I don't necessarily need more Star Screams in my life. I, you mm. know, I've got I've got I've got the classic set I, that makes me happy as far as having G one ish seekers in my collection. Uh, this is gonna depend on how it plays, how it feels, uh, also how well it just kind of looks in hand because my issue with him right now is just how overly detailed he is. And, and also, like, on top of that, how the battle damage will play out, right? Yeah, right. the battle damage is going to add to it as well, because, like, if you take a look at this figure besides Sideswipe, they look like they came from two completely different lines. Is there a shot of the... I'm, oh, no, sorry. I So for a second there, I was like, oh, were they standing side by side on the table? But that was off no. of Megatron. No, yeah, no. I, and I definitely <laughs> think that the way that the battle damage comes off on all of these will heavily flavor, like... Any enthusiasm, yeah, one I way or the it. other. Because if it if it's something that you know, even as I you know, I think we've we've joked pretty seriously already about like you know how easy it'll be you know hit it with a little acetone, and if it doesn't pull everything else off, I'll you know go to town with it. But like, let me tell you my new worry. Right, this is probably just paint, but looking at some of this stuff, I'm kind of sitting there going like, there's a chance this might be swirly plastic. Or not swirly, but like there's a chance on some of these bits that they might just mix a silver into the polymer when it goes, you know, the thing they've done before. Um, I'm starting to wonder if that might be part of the battle damage execution in mass production. I hope it's not, and there's a good chance it isn't, but it's like a completely fresh worry I built up in my head a, a couple days ago. Yeah. Uh, because oh, you're going good. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I'm more concerned about battle damage paint on top of paint because I already see that on Shockwave. Yeah, and, like, I'm sorry to say it even louder, because we talked about it before, but seeing these photos, you know what the worst part of all these photos is? Is the battle damage. It looks awful. It, it It's taking away from every single figure. It's adding... Um, I'm not... I was going to say it's adding nothing. There are spots where I guess it's adding something, but it's it's such a degree of... of there's such a distance between the positive and the negative that it feels like it's adding nothing when I just want to blurt it out. Like, I am I am so not into this battle damage. Mm -hmm. I didn't think this was going to be such a friggin' talking point, but, like, we're going to talk about Megatron in a bit, but I'm just looking at that side-by-side -side of Megatron and Optimus in those robot modes, those good-looking robot modes. Those look like two good action figures that turn into things. And they also look like someone did a bad customization job on them is... The way I'd put it, and like, yes, maybe they're hand painted, but you know, if that's hand painted, what's mass production gonna look like? And you, you, I, I just can't believe it if you're gonna tell me that they're gonna have like a whole intricate tampographing machine system to apply this stuff, because these are still mainline toys with, mm -hmm. you know, a, an existing mainline color layout on them already. So I, I, I kind of don't want to keep ranting because we've already done this once, but like, you know, confirmed, I still think this battle damage looks bad. Uh, a lot of people do. We're we're already like on Twitter. There's, there's like half joking going into serious discussions. Like Aaron, you were saying, like about like what are some paint removal um, techniques yeah. that will do, not. Do we have you know, Do we have a light one in case it is layered paint? And and people are figuring that people who know that stuff are starting to share it. Uh, but I mean, like if you know how to do this stuff, like I'm not joking when I say this. Offer to do this for your friends for like ten bucks a figure, you know, for your time and materials. Mm -hmm. uh, you, I think you could actually in a, in a town with enough Transformers fans in it you could maybe make a little micro business out of this 
go to, go to a convention just out of your hotel room you're like hey bring your siege toys and i'll declutter them for you uh, uh just something out of uh what was that toy story 2 where it was the the toy restorer guy that had the box with all the other smaller bins in it or whatever yeah yeah i i don't know I don't want to harp on it so much because it's not ruining the line for me. It's just it, it's a bummer that there is this one unifying negative <laughs> to the visual delivery so far. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's let's talk about that uh, Megatron, who is the last of the major Decepticon reveals before we get into the the major major ones like Flywheels. Sorry, Skytread. Uh, but that Megatron, uh, he and Optimus. When people say that he and Optimus are very unexciting, I believe them in their cases like if there's one thing you can say about Optimus and Megatron it's that they look a lot like G1 Optimus and Megatron in robot mode and I appreciate that that's very boring for people for me what makes them so exciting is that they seem to be kitted with uh, a slightly upscaled level of articulation for current Voyagers uh, and more importantly really good standing silhouettes like that side by side shot the way that they look so natural standing there mm-hmm. is is huge to me uh and it makes them like potentially a definitive pair of you know those characters um if they fell into a vat of slightly wet silver paint like shallow vats so most of it just sprayed up on them but you know they still got all messy um megatron turns into a tank we're all over this by now it looks like a good tank you know i don't see anything about it that looks awful it's a little h-y but you know not in a way that that wrecks it for me uh the robot mode i think looks looks killer he comes with the just the that sword uh which is a you know one again one of the last things you could possibly add to a megatron experience but they you know they found a way um it seems to, to combine with his tank turret gun, uh, you know, in the siege theme of all the stuff going together. I think this Megatron looks great. Hey, Aaron. Yeah. How do you feel about Megatron in this hey. obvious but not so obvious edit point? Yeah. Um, so the, the two things I'm looking at on him are, one, his arm cannon is, like, buried in his tank cannon. Such that, like, it looks like the classic G1, like, scope off of the, the pistol mode, but it that much isn't terribly visible through, like, the tank mode of everything. Yeah, but it's still, it's still a thing in there. It's still a thing in there, and it's still a part of it, so it's not like they're hiding, trying to hide this other massive cylinder. Um, but it, it's it's really interesting to me the way that they have done that in order to, um, like make it not terribly obvious like i don't know we had to put this dumb thing somewhere yeah um and it looks like about the only thing he's maybe is missing out of the crazy articulation levels would be your wrist wrist swivel yeah and And um, it's odd when it's like man the days of the wrist swivel am i right but beyond that i wonder though let me i'm gonna go look at the physical shots again I think that, a that lot of these is... a lot of these look like they've got well you can see the pen fired. Uh if you look at the one um like close up with the oh, like yeah, left hand on hip you can really see where that pin is. It's and with the, the way Optimus that Optimus doesn't look like he has one either and he does. So I'm like right. well, maybe it's a pin on a panel with a hand plugged into it like yeah. So I mean especially with the way that he h tanks uh, I don't think that there's a ton of options. Yeah. Like, because that becomes, like, his arms become the turret. 
Oh, and the hands, the, the knuckles become part of the outer paneling. If you look at that right. top shot. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not going to, but again, it's where, you know, like, they're talking about how articulation that. is going to be a major thing. And I'm sitting here going, grist swivels. That's, uh, that's the make or break one now because it looks like he's, you know, he's got elbow swivels, you know, that, uh, approximate bicep swivel and and all the other like yeah like let's make a pact let's not start yelling about the wrist swivels just because optimus has them I, okay. I don't want to become that person i almost became that person with ankle tilts once upon a time Soundwave doesn't have them either this is bull except for maybe he does i'm not sure if that's a panel on the other thing right? because it, like- <laughs> there's also like eight inches of of just like testers blue paint on the model that they have so who knows the, the only thing about, about Megatron's articulation that worries me a bit is kind of akin to the Combiner Wars one. His shoulders seem a tad high at their, their axis point, mm-hmm. um, which is fine when standing. But, you know, the Combiner Wars one being the extreme example, when the shoulder axis is not quite in the right spot, he gets funny looking when he aims his gun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably not a big problem, but it, it's something I'm kind of noticing. Probably uh, not. You're just going to wake up rivulets of sweat running down. You <laughs> shoulder! This, why, why, God? <laughs> why do you do this to me? First the silver paint, then the shoulder axis. Next, you're gonna tell me there's no wrist swivel. Wait. Oh no. That's what. That's my next vlog I'm putting out. You know, stay tuned for that. Uh, TJ, how are you feeling about our 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 boy Voyager Siege Megatron? Not as dramatic. Um. Uh. <laughs> We thought you cared. Uh, 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 well, I don't. Uh, Wrist swivel. Uh, I like the look of him. Uh, I, I like a big, solid tank Megatron that actually looks like Megatron in the robot mode. Like, right down to the parts that are supposed to uh, Im- imitate the hammer on his old gun mode. Yeah, like, uh, now I, he's a bigger gun. That's that's yeah. That's all. He's a rolling gun. They're still in the... Oh, no. Okay. For a sec, I thought they were still in the hammer position, too, but they're not. They're on the front of the tank. <laughs> that would have been really good design. It's two big hammers on the back of this tank cannon. <laughs> but no, I, I I really like the look of him. I like, uh, the, cartoon, I like the cartoon level of detail and accuracy to him. Like yeah. that's where I that's where I started going nuts on Starstream. It was like one looks smooth and one one looks like he's, uh, oh like, I see it now. Like sorry, like he, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like because like Megatron, like it's like they had two different designers going cartoon accurate, but one decided that meant smooth shape and the other one meant let's go full fluoro dairy original model. Yeah, one of them was like we looked at the model sheet and we sculpted all of it. Uh. Yeah, I notice what you mean now. I didn't. I did not think about how smooth because Megatron and Optimus. I just keep seeing them as a pair, and I'm never thinking about Megatron with the rest of those toys. Um, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. It's, but, yeah, it's, it's just not a, uh, for me. It's not that bad the thing, but I get it too. Like, yeah, it's just a little design disconnect that kind of bugs me if I'm looking at these toys in a lineup. But like, Meg- Megatron hits the nice points for me. Like again, he's in that range of I've kind of always wanted a Megatron at this size like this, and yeah. Uh, well, now you're now you're getting it. I'm getting it now. It's weird to me that I'm getting a lot of what I've been after out of Transformers lines out of this line, and it's 
all down to that battle damage paint that's kind of making me sour on it a little. Yeah, the battle damage paint is like this is it's going to be the thing like it's like we we've kind of hit the limit on talking about it in pre-release now, but when these toys come out like it's maybe not even going to be us. I'm just saying on a fandom-wide talking level, get ready to hear a whole lot more about it when wave 1 hits. Mhm. Cuz mm-hmm. That's when a lot of people are going to be... That's when, A, a lot of people are going to be getting these toys in hand. B, people who don't keep up with all this coverage are going to be getting these toys and saying, wait a second, what's up with this thing? Because uh, there are folks who don't like necessarily keep up with all the news, you know, 24-7. And that's going to be weird when they <laughs> find out about this. Um, there were some more reveals that uh, were kind of... They showed up in that, that diorama first, and then we got proper images of them. By the way... I want to highlight that diorama is sick. That is a good diorama. Uh, whoever worked on that should be proud of themselves. They probably aren't listening to this podcast, but they, someone, if you know someone at Hasbro who worked on this thing, if you have a way to tell them that the host of this podcast thinks that they did a damn good job on that diorama, please tell them. Cause, uh, I don't know why this one sticks out to me so much, but like this diorama plus these Decepticons is siege to me. Like now this is Siege, all caps, impact font. Like, I'm seeing it now. Uh, but we also got to see some more Micro Masters. Um, aside from uh, from Soundwave's uh, two boys, um, uh, Micro Masters and Weaponizers, we've got Aimless and Blowpipe, who are not the most exciting things in the world to really talk about, because they are just those two guys. And those two guys fold in half to be a gun. They come with, uh, you know, barrel zap bits. Um... So many of those are getting lost underneath a couch. Get a Plano box. Let me tell everyone right now. Get a little Plano box or something. A, a little thing that you, a tabletop gamer might use for tokens, and keep all these effect parts in there. Or, or get a Ziploc bag because, like, I love these effect parts, and uh, and I want to stick up for them. Well, I'm <laughs> just saying in in all the normie homes, not in like the people that would listen to podcasts about Transformers or oh, anything yeah. dumb. Yeah, but I'm saying oh. when children get a hold of these toys well i mean they'll eat them they look like candy yeah exactly yeah there's no problem there also i don't okay i get it it's showing that these things can plug onto anything but like crying out loud stop putting the kerzap effects onto like their shoulders actually i think the kerzap effect on a shoulder looks neat because it looks like he just got shot not like that's outgoing that's incoming Okay, maybe. I don't know. It looks... Uh, the, on Starscream, it looks so outgoing. It look it looks like he's just, like, squirting a little a little bit of tomato juice yeah, out of the, his shoulder. Yeah, like, the, the, <laughs> the swirly one on Starscream, yeah, okay, I'll give that to you. But, like, the one that's on Megatron? I guess. Oh, and you know what? That one on Megatron and on Starscream, those are using those shoulder pegs that you mentioned yeah. before. That's, that's cool. what, like, drew my eye back to that peg. It actually... The one on Megatron made me think more about Energon stars. Uh, it's a weird callback, but uh, I always kind of like those things. Uh, I wish that they meant more. Um, this one excites me a bit more, though. The Airstrike MicroMasters, uh, they are two of those uh, combining Decepticon jet MicroMasters. Mm-hmm. Um, and this makes me happy because, A, these guys, these guys, well, actually, maybe these ones are not the combining ones. I always mix up the combining <laughs> ones. Okay, I'm thinking of Vanquish. 
uh, take back everything I said. But they resemble the combining ones so much that the combined they, they, weapon mode actually kind of works for me. Even well, now I'm looking at it, it actually resembles the Star Saber more. Than, you, uh, just keep rolling back that opinion. Yeah. I really like it. That's ah, okay. Well, maybe it's not. Hot you damage. know what I really like? The purple one? You know my big complaint I had this whole time? That the it was purple? purple one has elbows, and he looks so much better as a toy. You see that? He's got little elbows for his transformation. Perfect MicroMaster update. Little tiny stumpy arms. Whatever. Don't judge him. He's <laughs> he's still valid, okay? The, the, and also, those are not tiny stumpy arms. Those are friggin' gun arms because he murders people who make fun of his arms. And he can kill them real good because he's got elbows to do it with. End point. Send telegram. All right. Uh, but the Star Saber thing is also a big part of it. I, I think that planes turning into swords just tend to work. TJ, do you agree? I mean, we, we come from the that cloth, right? We're down with some Star Sabers. Actually, yeah. Like, that's the first thing I pointed out. It's like, wow, that is very Armada of those two. Like, yeah. I, do, I do dig these two. These are two of my favorite of the old school MicroMasters. So to get them looking nice and to get a little combination mode, that's really cool. Also, props to whoever put around all the figures up on the on the actual display who were smart enough to put that in Starscream's hand. I like that. That's a good that's a mm-hmm. good pull. That's a good pull. Um Aaron, uh how do you feel about these guys and is there any way I can further roll back my opinion on them somehow? I've there run probably out of ideas. is a way that you can further roll it back. I I do get what you were saying on the combining micromasters. There is a a similar look to them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, these I think are going to be interesting, uh, just to like punch up the other parts of this line. Don't mind me. I clicked the wrong button in discord. Okay. (laughs) You trying to fix other things and causing more problems? Yep. Continue. Yeah, so, no, I like um, these and then also, like, the the couple of weaponizer guys for similar reasons. Like, you know, how it ends up with the final product in hand to to be the things that I kind of wish more that, you know, the, the Titan Masters that we got out of this line. I wish that there was more interplay options there other than just, like, you put the block and you plug it in the foot peg armor... Chest oh, the, sorry, not the Titan Masters. Thing. The 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 Prime Masters or the Prime the Masters. Ones. Yes, the Prime very Masters. Very different toys. Yeah. Very different execution that didn't. You know work. the because like you know getting the the Pretender shells in there is a really cool idea that probably would have worked better if it was like deluxe size things inside of these shells, not legends, so that they only have shoulder articulation and full body peels off articulation. Yeah, hang on a second. Let me just say, they can sit, all right? Don't discount the fact that they can sit and wave their arms. Yeah. I, I don't want to stick up for Prime Masters, though, so continue. But <laughs> that's the, uh, the the long and short of my comparison for that and for the Weapon Master ones. Well, then let's get to the, the main event of New York Comic Con. Sky Tread, Fly Wheels, Straight Up, Deluxe of that guy with big feet. He turns into a jet and a tank. Uh, it was confirmed. There are no individual robot modes. <clears throat> I'm, I'm fine with that because 
and this was soft confirmed because this was just word from the floor. I haven't seen it said anywhere else, but I was told on Twitter that they were told at New York Comic Con that the halves of Skytread are compatible with the halves of Battletrap. We'll see when it comes out, but I'm kind of into that idea. I think that being a deluxe actually makes this guy less able to have two small robot modes and being two legends toys. Yeah, if if it is compatible with the other with the two legends combined version, uh, okay. I mean, and as I said, that is that is very um, soft confirmed. I don't think someone, I don't think anyone was lying to me, but mm-hmm. it's like I heard it from a guy at, who was at the show floor. Um, so if, if that's been confirmed more so, then hey, that's cool. Um, but what I was told, I'm, I'm very paraphrasing here because I don't have the tweet in front of me, but it's like they were kind of designed around the same time. So they were designed to, to use kind of the same connection port, basically, that same specific, like, you know, clamp peg thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this guy looks great. I'm super happy that they're finishing that that pair and that this uh, this guy is, is the right colors, the right shapes. He's very articulate. Look at those ankle tilts. Yeah. Uh, and then also, as was pointed out on Twitter, in, in the year of our Lord 2019, we will have both an official Skytread flywheels and we will probably have an unofficial Tesserus who can then feed this guy into his stomach grinder to replicate that heartwarming scene from More Than Meets the Eye issue, whatever it was. Um, Aaron, how you feeling about about this dude? I I'm glad that it, that the other half of that combo uh, is happening. If it is cross compatible, that uh, lessens my concern that it doesn't have individual modes because the way that uh, it was with two legends was amazing. That's that yeah. I think I think you know I mean that was on the like list of the top four Transformers of the year that was on there for their vote or whatever. And it wasn't that it was two alt modes into one robot. It was that it was two vehicles into two robots into one robot. Yeah. And it was it was executed well and, and kind of explained what these things are right. a little bit better. And, and bypassing that middle step would would not get the same amazement out of me. I, so the, the, another way I came to feel okay about it rather, like, oddly quickly is mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so that's how Battle Trap deals with this, is he turned into two things. He turned into two individuals. And so Skytread was just better at dealing with this situation. Uh, he, he doesn't need to be two things to split in half. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought of a, a psychological character reason I could explain it. Uh, fully my headcanon, but it somehow made me okay with this instantly. <laughs> I can't explain it any better. Um, TJ, how are you feeling about uh, about Sky Tread? Uh, we are spoiled, aren't we? I don't. We're, the fact that we're like <laughs> debating that a modern 2018 Sky Tread has or does not have individual robot modes for his components. Yeah, because like in any other case, this would be like amazing. Because not only is it an obscure character getting a modern toy, it is done very well. It's leaps and bounds over the original of course it is but both alt modes look good the robot looks really good there's nothing to complain about it except in context of the other duo con that came out right who, who out of nowhere improved on the duo con idea as well like <laughs> like like 
out I'm not I don't think I'm I don't think I'm I'm overplaying it either. That was out of nowhere. Oh yeah. That was a toy that was like found on shelves and they're like, wait, what? Uh Well we had the names and the listings, but you know, until yeah. it was on the shelf, like there there was no confirmation of oh, it is Battle Trap from two different toys. And it actually it was like, works. That's the, yeah, like like those names you go you you'd kinda go like, Oh well they can't be doing that. That's ridiculous. And now it's like, well, that's how you have to do the duo quads. <laughs> mm. um, but no, like I, I really have no issue with him. Like he's spot on flywheels or sky tread, whatever we have to call him now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he looks really, really good. Um, I think he's a really nice update of a very obscure character. Well, speaking of updates of obscure characters, this one was so obscure that I thought he was a new character when I heard his name because I forgot that this was the name of a thing. Uh, we got the, the Decepticon Weaponizer Deluxe, and it's Brunt. FCA. Except it's not. It's Brunt. The other Brunt. This is the Brunt that was the name of a, an accessory that came with Trypticon in G1, which I completely forgot about, that Trypticon had this cannon and it had a name. But uh, now it also transforms. It's based on Don Figueroa's, I believe, Centurion from a comic book. Stormbringer. Uh, Stormbringer. Right. That's that's from that. That's from right before I kind of can remember what happened in IDW. But uh, it's just a cool friggin' looking toy. Um, when this was potentially a fully original character, I was over the moon. Now I'm I'm still over the moon, just maybe not flying over the moon. I just think it's kind of neat. Uh, it also looks like he doesn't have to parts form quite the way that um, now I forgot his name. Cog? Cog. Is it Cog? Cog. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Cog just has to have his arms pop off and plug in. At a glance, I feel like Brunt doesn't have to do that with his limbs. Uh, um, his legs are his cannon. Hey, look at that. <laughs> okay, so here's how here's how I'm going to tell you how the process in my head works. Is uh-huh. I'm like, hey, I'm like, You're just hey. trying to roll back another yeah, one, I huh? Can't, I can't, I can't not, wait for this. I've been waiting a long time to hear this. I'm not going to roll it back. I'm just going to explain this to you. So, A, uh, darn, I didn't even notice those were his legs, and that means what some of his limbs parts form. But then, B, his legs combining into that cannon is metal as hell, and I am way cooler with that than them folding into a box behind him. So I'm way into this. All right. Good on you, Brunt. Also, it looks like his shoulders have to shift in some other unreasonable method. I thought they just rotate. Oh, no. That block doesn't rotate. Okay. Everything I thought about his alt mode was wrong. But uh, I still think he looks cool, so I don't know how to feel anymore. Aaron, I'm going to pass this over to you. Oh, I still think he looks cool. I mean, I'm not discounting the toy any. Um, I, I... Maybe not as cool as you had him sold up in your head at this point, um, but no, I that, that I li- robot mode is defensible. Yeah, that's a that's a damn good robot mode. Doesn't matter what it does. Yeah, depending on how some of those chunks work. So it's like the the Brunt's parts photo make me think that there may be another way that some of it flips around, and yeah. I I think there may be the potential of just like. Not parts forming like um, some of the the worst offenders that have done it in the past, but like that shoulder chunk that can kind of become like the romper stomper boot, like moon boots. Like there may be a way that that has a a swivel and a move around like, some of that 
core parts, but I'm I not like, sure. I like how a person can be can be profiled slightly by how they define weird sci-fi platform shoes. Romper Stomper Moon Boots is a new one for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> usually it's Moon Boots or it's Romper Stomper Boots, but you put them together. Right. Well, I'm just imagining, because it was like I was also looking at like how Shockwave has the same thing, and I wonder if those have like some pass through so that you could have them have like stacked four boots high oh yeah i was gonna say they probably have the same connection point but yeah if you could if you could stack up the platform shoes. but yeah i'm saying like if if brunt's like boot parts have that the the peg on the bottom or the the hole on the bottom side of it that's similarly in line you just have some smaller guy wearing like eight sets of boots and standing at like leader eyeball level so I I also figured out now why I think Brunt is still cooler than Cog. Even though he parts forms, all of his limbs actually transform a bit. Even his legs, because they line up into a shape. They are not mm-hmm. just a pair of legs. They're not yeah. a pair of arms just sitting there, so he's still cooler. And B, if those are romper stomper boots, then are Shockwave shoes uh <laughs> are they um are they booper shooper shoes? <laughs> Get out. Was that another one of those things that was funny in your head before it <laughs> dribbled out of your face? Are they? Are they? Are they? Uh, are they just, zo- zo- just stop! Just stop, man! Just are they? Zo- 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 just, no, no, don't no. let them. No, let them do it. Let them dig. <laughs> what would you define those as? What would them have in cannon toes and all? Uh, you have to talk. I'm laughing. I can't do anything. No, we're just going to let you ride. Yeah. <laughs> you dug that hole, we'll just let you sit there in it and kind of wallow around a little bit. <laughs> what does that make your shoulders even? Like, you can't have just, you can't just define shoes like this. You got to, what is, what are the shoulder things on Shockwave? What kind of, what genus are they? Are they, are they, uh, are they. <laughs> <laughs> give me a sec, give me a sec. Hang on. Are they. <laughs> Uh, are they re- <laughs> it's the We have lost Chris. <laughs> okay, okay. It's, it's, are, 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 you, are you good? Are they? <laughs> no, they're not. No. <laughs> this is it. This is this is finally the episode where he cracked. Uh, are they radical clavicles? <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> uh, talk about Brunt some more. TJ's on what is Ah, I'm so Ugh. uncomfortable right now. Uh Yeah, I'm I'm happy with Brunt. Whatever you want to call his parts, he's cool. Um I don't know. Like, I like big, solid figures like this. I like, like, part forming or not. I guess that's just the combat with a ton of periods thing to do. Yeah, and that's he looks still a like weird a name. that's still a really weird name. He he, and he. I will give him a lot of credit for looking like just a beast. You know, yeah. there, there's this is like when you're talking, you know, siege for Cybertron, war for Cybertron, siege, like. This I like that it's not something that's so heavily weighted in G1 that, well, we have to guarantee that it has this look and this look to it. Nah, 
This is a th- this is a dude that just goes and breaks things. Mm-hmm. And he's got just like a Cylon eyeball stripe. Yeah, when I th- yeah when you think siege, I'm imagining hundreds of these things just stomping over everything in their path. Mm-hmm. Th- this guy looks like a brand new like addition to the Viacon army in a way. Well, he like, looks I- like I- tank or straight up. So this is the weird thing is when I looked at him, I Tankor was the second thing that came to my head because of the claw arms. The first thing I saw were the treads on his thighs, and I was like, "Oh, it's Demolishor," because uh, that's how I work, I guess. <laughs> and a character had... who's never been purple. Yeah, I was like, "Well, this is a weird thing that I guess will be future retooled into Demolishor." Was the way I reacted when I first saw him. Uh... Yeah, uh, I'm I'm digging Brunt a lot more than Cog, and I'm just digging I'm digging Brunt. I, also, it's really neat how Cog and Brunt are like filling in the gaps on Fort Max and Triptychon that nobody actually cared about. Mm-hmm. Like no one came away from Triptychon going like, "Oh, well, that's all cool," but where's Brunt? You know, like at least not no one that I saw talking about it in like a year or so. Um. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the C-O-M-B-A-T system uh, of, of busting these guys apart because uh, it looks like a cool way to also like just get some... Between that and the number of parts on the toys that turn into pieces of weapons or that just have like a hinge in them, like right. it seems like weapon building could be a legit play pattern on this uh, in, in a really fun way. Um, the kind of stuff that like I'd have fun with on like a Glyos toy, for instance, where I have all these bits and pieces and it's like, okay... I have a peg sticking out the bottom. I'm going to make a gun to give to this character. And you kind of just go, you know? Um, I was also in that period of silence really trying to figure out a way to to, to escalate on Radical Clavicle, but I just can't right now. No. I think I, I exhausted, no. My, exhausted all my juice. I need to curdle some more. Um, we also, I guess we got a red alert reveal through all this stuff. But, like, also, what is there to say about him other than he's a repaint of Sideswipe? No! Okay, calm down for... A. <laughs> a. Relax. <laughs> uh, B, like, maybe he'll come with, I don't know, some accessories or stuff. But, yeah, it's it's he's got the tampos on his chest to make him look like he's a fire rescue vehicle, except with Cybertronian stuff, but then also a fire brigade badge, and it's just a big old mixed message. Literally, my only takeaway from that reveal was his head is red. It is. It is. It's not. It's not black. So we know which red alert he is. I guess. Until they go, ha ha! We gave you bad CG models again. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Um, also, I think it's really weird that Red Alert is dressed up in Brunt and Sideswipe is waving the Decepticon jet sword around in the promo shots. It's like, come on, guys. Weaponizers hold no loyalty. Don't be traitors. Don't be traitors. Brunt has a Decepticon symbol yeah, and right how on many, his chest. Well, but it's probably also... How, like, have do we have a Decepticon Deluxe? They're Skytread, but Reflector. I don't know if... Uh, but Reflector kind of comes Reflector with all of his own stuff. Reflector was modeling him on the show floor. 
Yeah, on the show floor reflectors. Was, oh, I guess he was modeling on the show floor, wasn't he? Yeah. He's wearing Brunt actually in a cooler way where they built they they built Brunt's cannon and stuff into like a giant claw arm. Yeah, they used the his like claw hand on the end of the cannon to make like a articulated or like his lay on his like leg in something to make like a claw. Yeah, ah, it's just so freaking cool. I love that you can like just build a, just a murder arm for a reflector. Uh, that's, that's damn cool. Um, is there anything else in siege we didn't touch on yet, or was that all the siege stuff? I think, I think that's that was it. all of it. So that oh. that leads to the last question about siege. Um. And it's a quick one because we talked about this before. But aside from the battle damage, Siege is extremely G1. And I noticed a pattern that we were all at some point mentioning, like, they're doing this thing that I kind of just, you know, they're finally doing X, Y, or Z. Or they're they're doing this thing I was thinking about. And it's like, uh, how do you guys feel about the notion uh, that we've talked about before? And I've said I I completely understand it, uh, even though I'm not necessarily feeling it. If you're kind of inundated with g1 and you've had a bit too much of that g1 juice um would you guys agree siege is kind of like mercilessly delivering more of it almost like like i would i'd straight up say mercilessly it's just like here's more here's a star scream and a sound wave like like the one thing about siege that i am kind of sitting there scratching my head about is like what is the plan in four years after this trilogy back to like, earth where transformers have never gone before <laughs> you're joking but also right like I, <laughs> the, there is like i hate saying it because i actually like this stuff but also i don't really see what like the 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 road plan i saw laid out in a, in the piece of speculation was like well maybe uh siege is going to be season one it'll lead into like season two in, in whatever the second part is and the end of the trilogy will be unicron shows up and we get a bunch of the 86 movie characters and i was like i was like we just had a also, bunch of them <laughs> i mean that is three years off but also ultra magnus is in the first wave that too that too uh I think that there's still room for this stuff to get more exciting, but, like, Siege, in a way, in a way that is positive for me, at least, but in a way, feels like this, like, weird detoxing, like, this purging of, like, I'm gonna just get all of this stuff I want out of my system. Uh, it's kind of weird, but, you know, I don't mind. I don't know. I, I, you guys have seen it, right? Like, the talking point of, like, this is also so much G1. Like, yeah. Like, with a bigger capital, a bigger font size than it has maybe been in a while. Or at least it's part of that growing font size since Titan's Return, I would say. I, uh, yeah, like, the fact that we're getting just so much at the same time, we've got, we've got a G1 shockwave in the collector's line, a very G1 shockwave in the kids' cartoon line, and then somewhere in the middle there's a shockwave in the new movie that's looks just like both of them it is a little heavy right now you know to have like three different forms of media going on and it's all presenting the same thing and then you've got the comic books thrown into doing the same thing i caught myself thinking like what i would really like if they continue this cybertronian vehicle thing for like part two of this series i would i really just i would right now be really into one year of this devoted to unicron trilogy designs a hundred percent yeah um 
And like, my only like, little like there's like, like like I was gonna say like because there's precedent for it because just like the G1 cartoon we saw like we had the Armada cast in episode one in G in like Cybertronian shape. Yeah. So like yeah. you ha- you you have like this idea of well there's a baseline for creating all those designs and characters in a more Cybertronian shape and form. And I, I guess my only little worry is that it seems like a lot of the folks working on the toy line right now are very vocally expressing a reverence for G1 84 through 88. And like, I, I feel, I feel like on a, on a top level, that's the motivation right now, which is the dream for a lot of folks. And it was easily my big dream in my childhood. Um, so I don't hate it, but I also feel like there are no forces at work who are sitting there going like, yeah, but then we can move on to the Unicron trilogy. Like it, it feels like, like, the reverence for that stuff just doesn't really seem to be uh, a force on 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 the team right now, and I, I could be extremely wrong, and I could be misremembering or forgetting stuff that was said. So I'd like to be wrong, um, but we'll see what happens. Like we we already have part one of a trilogy to look forward to, and suddenly the toys for it seem way more exciting to me because uh, it turns out the Decepticons once again are the cool guys who make everything really neat. They are the ones who actually put effort into the costume party. They didn't show up with vampire written on a post-it note on the front of their chest to the costume party, like some of the Autobots did. Um, we should quickly touch on some of the other stuff that was at NYCC. For the movie stuff, It's I think it's kind of literally, there's that Drift who was really exciting until I found out the only new parts on him are his head, his swords, and those little Dinobots. Uh, so he's otherwise a Drift that I already got with better paint. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's fine, but... Um, I feel like his price point is a premium price point as well, like twenty six ninety nine. Yep. Yeah. Dinobots so, are expensive. Yeah. I don't like that those sil- little that silver enough. paint. They're they're looking at that uh, Bandai silver paint. I and don't not providing I, it, but they're looking at it. I was really hoping that the Studio Series drift would be a completely new drift, and I saw the point made that the figures from the last night and partly from Age of Extinction are kind of on that level already. And I half agree enough to understand what you mean and not, like, fight you about it. But I, I was sort of hoping that there would be a, a fully new Drift who was maybe even a bit shorter or something. And then, like, you know, a bit more studio series, in my opinion. Uh, and then we got those Energon Igniters. Yeah, which uh, the one thing about those is I think that they're almost like a soft confirmation. They're like, yes, we know Blitzwing turns into a tank as well. So stop worrying. Movie's out in a couple months. <laughs> that's that's the message I got from the Energon Igniters reveal. Was a weird, like, passive-aggressive way to say that we know what Blitzwing is. Um, was there anything in this movie stuff that, that hit you guys that you really wanted to touch on? Nope. Y'all aren't collecting Energon Igniters? Uh, no. Nah, I almost did. And I kept looking at reviews of them because I like the idea of that gimmick, but then all of the toys are just that one full step below what I want. So hopefully there's like a really big one or something that does a little bit more sometime, but I don't know. Uh, and then we also got the Cyberverse official images, and I am, I think that the big reveals here, it was this weird thing. They showed these new character models uh, in toy form, like Rodimus and Prowl and Ratchet and Wheeljack, but then all the toys they revealed were, like, scouts and action attackers and stuff, and not the the warrior toys. Um, So I came away going, like, I can't wait to see 
another release of these guys that aren't these ones. Yeah, it's the thing that seems like it's living in an odd place. Yeah. Very like they, odd they've place. Got, they've got ideas and they got stuff they want to do, but they're not really sure about it either. And I hope that they can find a way to... This is, okay, so I'm just going to be fully selfish because I don't know how to put this any other way. I hope Cyberverse can find a way to render some of these great character designs in a toy form that I find more engaging. Just me, on a very selfish level. That is a wonderfully politic way to say it. Because I really thought I was going to be into those warrior toys, and then I watched a whole bunch of coverage of them, and I felt very much like I don't want to drop 20 bucks Canadian on any of that. And uh, it's a shame, because I like these character designs, um, especially, actually, the ones that are not evergreen. I am. It's killing me that Shadow Striker does not have a figure I'm remotely interested in yet. I saw the, the Ultra one. Uh, when I saw, like, the kind of good-looking Ultra Shockwave, I also saw the Ultra Shadow Striker, who is straight up, it's like Boat Lady from Cybertron, but a car. Like, she's just a robot sculpt that a car sandwiches around. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I wasn't digging it. And then the one new one we got here is from the Scout line, where it's like her legs turn into the back half of a car, and her arms turn into the wheels, and the rest of her is there. And... Uh, I'm really like Shadow Striker is one of the ones where I was like, if you just do me a real good Shadow Striker toy, this new character, new enough character, I guess I'll say, um, with a really cool design, what sounds like a very interesting backstory. I want, I want to, I want to buy merch I like of this character, please. But we'll see what happens. Um, did you guys have any reactions to the Cyberverse stuff? I mean, like we did see some new character designs. I don't think we ever saw Cyberverse Rodimus before. Um. So that's new. He's got a buzz saw that's on topic. Uh, the only one that really hit me was the action attacker sound wave. Uh, yes, with the thing that blows out of his chest, like that's the, cool. the laser beak maybe thing that blows out of his chest. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, like big energon laser beak just f- screaming out of his chest, which is cool. But he also he also looks like he's got a solid level of articulation and a actual vehicle mode. Like he hey, looks like a transformer. Mm-hmm. So so this is how I I scrolled past the bullet points right. I, I admit, I didn't look at the Cyberverse stuff that much because I, I got bummed out about the Shadow Striker. There are warrior toys in here. Every single one of these things is labeled Action Attacker. At the top, it says that the warrior toys we're seeing in here are Hot Rod, Prowl, and Soundwave. So that Soundwave's a warrior toy. So, okay. Okay. Cool. Well, okay. So Soundwave looks pretty cool. Prowl looks pretty cool because the, also they both have a gimmick that seems to not do anything to their limbs. Uh, Hot Rod looks like he is sacrificing his arms. Uh, much like, I think, Optimus sacrifices one of his arms, the warrior toy. Um, so Hot Rod is doing... That looks like this. That looks like the Starscream gimmick, in a way, with wing blades coming out of his arms. I don't know. Um, that problem, that Soundwave looks... If that Soundwave has a neck... Does that Soundwave have a neck joint? Is he looking left and right in either of these photos? Uh, no. Oh, that looks like it's molded. I can maybe I'll get him. I don't know. I said that about the shockwave, and then I didn't want to pay twenty Canadian for him. (laughs) I also kind of wish there was a not blurry shot of whatever's coming out of his chest. Yeah, (laughs) because like like if he had 
Like, if he actually fires phantom laser beaks, that'd be cool, but I don't see yeah. how they get that. You, you don't get a ghost projector at the $15 price point. I think Prowl has a neck joint. So I'm more inclined to impulse purchase him. I don't mean to make neck joint be my new, like, weird thing with these that, toys. That's your hill now? For 20 bucks, yes. Like, I don't want to... You don't want to be about ankle joints. You don't want to be about neck joints. Then, okay, where where are you? Where do you lie? At 20 bucks, I do need a neck joint, I think. Or at least a really demonstrable reason to not have one. And that's just for my bang for my buck. I, it's just, I need the toy to be able to emote, and if the toy can't look left and right, I'm being robbed of a lot of emotive stuff. A very simple toy can still emote with a neck joint. Um, so yeah, I... Man... I feel really bad because I don't want to... I don't actually like talking smack on the Cyberverse toys. I think that's really rote and it's really easy. Uh, I feel bad that I completely glazed past those three things being warrior toys. So that means that that Slipstream is an Ultra, which sometimes have cool stuff going on, and that means that that Bumblebee is very fancy because he would be the... the ultimate Bumblebee. Okay, that explains some of what's going on there. I don't know. Man, Cyberverse is so weird. I hope somehow, someday, we can get a post-mortem on this Wave 1 of Cyberverse. I want to know so much about it. Uh, Alright, and I think that does it for the, the New York Comic Con Transformer stuff. So, uh, anything else you guys want to hit up from New York Comic Con? I actually don't know what else was revealed there. I don't think... Wet Luke. Did you guys see the Wet Luke reveal? No. No. That was the big Black Series reveal. Is they're doing Wet Luke? Is Luke when he's Kay. wet? He's wet with garbage water. Okay. So his hair is wet. Uh, I saw a good point made that that makes a good base if you want to do a Mark Hamill as the Joker custom. Because you got wet, you got a wet Mark Hamill. Wet Luke. We got a listener question here from Epsilon Eight. He says, I returned to collect Transformers at the beginning of Combiner Wars. Five robots combining into a bigger robot caught my attention. How was the hobby before? Now we have one movie line, one cartoon line, and one part of the trilogy line with a new trilogy announced and movie still coming. I wonder how the shelf looked just before I started collecting. Boy, man, there's so much weird stuff you missed. Like, uh, like where did you stop would be a big like yeah. decider of what's it look like because... Like animated like, had some great line moments, just the general classics. But how do I think it's more how the how the the toy store shelf look? Because before oh seven, it was kind of like there is a Transformers line out for the most part. Yeah, you know, with with like with like prestige items like alternators <laughs> popping up here and there. But in oh seven onwards, there was this like, as I recall it, oh seven onwards was this scaling ramp of there being you know, one and a half main lines, two main lines, or this main line kept going when this other one started again, mm -hmm. uh, which took us into post Revenge of the Fallen when it was like, there are 14 toy lines running. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Like uh, we, like I can, I can distinctly remember the toy shelves going from like, yeah, like in, during the Unicron trilogy, you had, you know, aisle space for it, but then you'd also have things like, al like alternators or, maybe titanium they're all just kind of crammed in there so you have maybe like two columns of deluxes on pegs and then like one column of universe deluxes mm -hmm. and it just 
all all these different toy lines just crammed in this one little section of the toy wall to the point where we get like two movies in and that entire space is just Revenge of the Fallen and then that same space for animated and all these other and all these other little like extra things they thought of doing you know you know reissues or special releases depending on what store you went to to the point where like half of one toy wall was just Transformers yeah, I would say mm-hmm. the era of this podcast was us go was us starting to see tons of lions happening at the same time. Um up until, you know, stuff kind of collapsed down and then like became like the trinity we have right now of uh the the thing that's also is worth mentioning that sometimes is forgotten. The movie lions where there are deluxes and voyagers and leaders have also always been generations. Like they've always mm-hmm. been subtitled with generations. So it's like I don't know. This right now three lines being on the shelf at the same time is kind of kind of a norm. Sometimes there's only two, <laughs> only. Uh, but yeah, there was a period where it was like there was a movie line, uh, you know, bits of a collector generations line. There was maybe some leftovers of a cartoon line at the same time. I think the the era of Prime was probably the most densely packed because we had Prime toys, Dark of the Moon, and Generations. I want to say. There's a period there where we had movie line animated and universe slash generations all running at the same time. I feel like that's when it was at its densest. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if Rescue Bots was out at the same time to be a fourth line as well. There's always there was something running around. I don't think Rescue Bots so much. But like there was there was also like Transformer GoBots before that. Yeah, that's true. I think those the, were those were pre-podcast though. I'm pretty sure those were pre-podcast. But yeah, um, Epsilon Eight, like yeah, you you came in at a time when like there is a whole bunch of stuff, but like there have been times where there's been a bunch of stuff that also maybe was collectively not as interesting or even collectively more interesting. Like, I think the TF Wiki has some listings like what toys were out in what year, but I'm not sure where. I feel like I've looked at that page before. Oh, I'm sure it exists out there. But, yeah, yeah. Just what what time frames, at least, or at least line-wise by wave? Line-wise, for sure. So I think if you if you collate some pages together, you could figure out what like a toy a toy store shelf looked like in a given year. But it'd be kind of cool to see. I, there must be photos out there that you could like line up too. Mm-hmm. Like I know there are photos. I just don't know if they're organized. Um, but it's a, it's a cool question because like <clears throat> it's easy to rem- to to forget that there are folks who have not been like neck deep in this stuff as long as we have or did not jump on with a movie. Mm-hmm. Like in this case, it's someone who saw five robots combining and was like, "That's cool." And to me, that's also very vindicating because that completely <clears throat> that completely backs up my my theory that com- combiners are the coolest thing. Uh, robots combining into a bigger robot is inherently the coolest idea. Uh, in all combining or in all transforming robots, so thank you for supporting me. Uh, whether or not you meant to, Epsilon Eight. Uh, we also got a listener question here from Inhuman Elm. Um, 
who says, hello, even Steven's team. I'm having a bit of a toy crisis at the moment, so I won't bother sugarcoating it. I need help being an adult collector. With so many figures rolling in, now that I have a sustainable income, I'm quickly having space dilemmas. Normally, the cycle for a figure is on the desk, then on the shelf, then in the plastic tub under my bed, and finally in the storage unit. But with so many figures, it feels like I'm having to accelerate this process to the point that I'll open a figure, play with it for a day or two, and then drop it in a tub. Furthering this issue is I have so many third-party and exclusive figures rolling in that I've actually felt the need to put some of those in bins, which feels wrong somehow. What do you folks do to manage space as your collections increase? Thanks so much, and keep up the good work. And as an example of what I'm dealing with, I really enjoy Takara Unite Warriors Computron, but I picked up Make Toys Quantron on sale, and it looks nice enough that I want to put it on my combiner shelf instead, so off in the bin Unite Warriors Computron goes. I'm leaving this to you guys because I don't have good answers for this. I just put stuff wherever and live in a perpetual state of chaos. So, uh... What yes. Inhuman Elm is describing here is halfways of what I go through, except Inhuman Elm's description is about ten times more organized than what I go through. Samesies. Aaron, as you, as you were saying <laughs> Except there, you... for occasionally getting more bins and thinking, man, I should really organize this at least by line so I can maybe find something again, and then just going, nah, and it goes in a bin. And That's now I joke. have way too many bins... But but the, for real though, with your scientific levels of engineering and, and organization, like you've got like what a um, uh, a Dewey decimal system for for the the wall or no? I guess Dewey it, decimal is a little bit old timey, like a, yeah. Of... And Dewey decimal transformers it all end up in the same location, so uh, it wouldn't really work that way. <laughs> That's the thought but, that counts. Yeah, no. So like, ideally, what I'd like if I had like. I want to say a a week where I had no other like concerns of yeah I would probably go to a bin and like pull everything out and then decide on like by line at least because that's a little bit better trackable and similar and go from there well, TJ, yeah. it's it's up to you. I actually have a, a, a little supporting answer of like a hypo, like a not hypothetical, but a dream. I don't even dream. Just what I want to do that I'm halfway's already doing. But but TJ, do you have a system for acquisition? I guess. Do you, do you have a brunt FCA okay. who makes sure you stay in line? Okay, I'm yeah, I'm a Ferengi now. This is how it works. <laughs> uh, kind of like I'm I'm kind of in the same pattern as Elm. Uh. I buy it. It's it lives on my desk until it's time for something else to come in. Then it goes to a shelf, and then I'm actually currently in the process of resorting my shelves and bins. I just I actually just retired the animated shelves to the bins. So mm. I, this is kind of a timely question. My except my process also includes a like I have storage tubs that are immediate. They're under the bed. And then I have storage tubs in the storage room or like long term, like I need to hang on to it, but I don't need it readily available. Mm-hmm. So I've got another layer of storage should I need it. But in between those two points, there is also the option of uh, eBay because I've got I've kind of realized that as new stuff comes in, I get less interested in holding on to the old stuff just for the sake of holding on to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's time for this to move on to somebody else who's going to enjoy it more than I am because the only reason I'm keeping it is I wouldn't have one if I sold it. 
Yeah, and that that is actually like the most healthy thing to do, having cyclic collecting. And this goes into a thing I've talked about before of like getting into the idea that you, if you're selling it, that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. Um, it just means you're done with it. Um, and I do that outside of Transformers. I've been doing that a lot through the local toy shows for the last year or two. Um, like, I'm actually really on the cusp of ditching most of the Batman animated stuff from DC Direct. Because uh, I'm starting to realize that I like the idea of it more than I like the execution of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is taking up a bunch of shelving. Um, a big thing about me that I guess partly is something I got to lay out when I answer this more de- in detail is I don't really get a lot of enjoyment out of having stuff on a shelf in a display form. I still enjoy figures the most in hand, so I don't see any inherent negative with putting stuff into, like, stackable storage containers, uh, third-party stuff included. Um, I kind of did that in an emergency once, and then I realized most of this stuff, if you if you just, like, stand it in a bin, it's fine. Uh, especially if you put, like, a little bit of bubble wrap between the figures. Like, you know, if you, if you don't shake the bin... If you treat it like it has things in it and not like it's, you know, a moving box, then you're fine. But, like, when I look at the the shelving I do have, I don't sit there going, man, if only I could have everything on display. As I feel like a lot of people tend to be. Not necessarily everyone, obviously. But the, the, the prevalence of the whole idea of, like, why don't you do a collection video? Why don't you take collection photos? That, like, your collection is a thing on display is as being, that's the natural base state of a collection. For yeah. some reason, that is not it for me. Um, and there's nothing, I mean, obviously there's nothing wrong with it. That's, that's considered normal. But like, for me, I just don't, I, I don't mind having stuff on display. I think it looks kind of cool, but I, I, like, I know that if people value display, they have often come to the conclusion if it doesn't fit into my display and I don't feel like it belongs in my display, that's how I get rid of it. And that's an entirely viable way to, to operate if that's your preference. But when I've told people, like, oh, yeah, my, my goal is I want to have, like, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, a whole ton of the Transformers history uh, in organized uh, storage bins that are easily accessible, people are like, you're crazy. And I'm like, no, I just, I don't think, like, I like it all. But I also don't feel like it needs to be on display for me to like it. Because being on display means I have to dust it, too. Yeah. And I, I don't want to. <laughs> Straight up. Like, because I, I went through that phase where I loved having everything on display. Like, there's just for a few years there where I was like, this is my entire Transformer collection all on my own. And it's just this huge, dense wall of characters. And it was really cool to me. But I hit collection critical mass at like five bookshelves wrapping around two walls in my room. And like, this, this is too far. This is too much. Uh, like, 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 shelving is cool. It's just, to me, shelving should be living. It shouldn't be a static thing you're yeah. filling. Like, the, yeah. the notion of, that's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill the slots in my shelf until they're complete, to me, doesn't, that doesn't yeah, click with me. Yeah, that's where, unfortunately, like, since, you know, where I spend the time, like, doing the podcast or most everything else is so entirely separate from the room that all of that is in, that my shelves have been rather um like locked in place for a long time yeah and so like you know i have a animated shelf that's been an animated shelf for quite a while because i put it together like right after moving in here and getting the last of the animated stuff together yeah and that just never changed because for me, in animated, animated was one of the first ones I think I re- animated and Prime were the two where I really started to execute on this. But like, 
This is so this is kind of like my dream in general. It's not this is my animated shelf. It is oh, I want to mess with some animated figures. Maybe put them onto a shelf for a little bit in a group. Uh, I want this one, this one, this one. I'm going to go grab the stackable bins that they are in, pull them out of a you know big like rack. I'm like, all right, pull these guys out, put them on the shelf. Ah, oh, that looks cool. You know, a month later, okay, it's been up for a month. I'm going to put them back in their spots, and I'm going to pull these other ones out of storage and put them on the shelf instead. Or not out of the storage, but out of, you know, the the dream is the, um, you know, just the really nicely lit, very pleasant room with a whole bunch of organized containers in it that have my stuff in it. And then the, like, small curated area in a living room where I put some of it on display, but I don't necessarily make that this is where it all lives. Because uh, I, I generally just, I enjoy figures as things to handle more than things to show off. Um, so, you know, the, the way that I decide if I'm really done with a figure is, do I not like handling it anymore? And, like, for instance, that's why a lot of that Batman animated DC Direct stuff is probably going to go soon, um, outside of, like, a couple figures that I'm really attached to, because I don't like handling most of it. Um, that's how I've made decisions about Transformers as well, where it's like, I try to, I, I kind of gauge now up front, I'm like, do I think I'm even going to like handling this? Most mainline toys I do end up liking handling, for the most part, so it's, it's you know, not really limiting stuff in a healthy way, but it's actually really helped with non-Transformers lines where I'm like, hypothetically, I think I should like this. And then it's like, you know, any NECA toy, for instance, has been like, at the end of the day, a big old mistake because I just don't like their stuff. I don't like how it feels. I think it's built badly and it makes me not want to mess with it. And then about a week later, I resent it because it also cost me like 20, 25 bucks. So when it comes to Transformers, like, like, I guess I'm not a very good adult collector, but I'm a good me collector, or at least I'm, I'm aiming to be a good me collector. My problem is uh, I run into a period where it's like, I'm real organized, but then this month, oh, I'm just falling apart. And then that turns into these two storage unit boxes of like, these are just, I know what's in these things, but it is not organized. I just know what's in them. Uh, and I want to like, you know, strip those boxes open and then reorganize what's in them. Uh, so I, I, I like stackable storage stuff. It, it, to me, that is that makes me happy. That makes me happier than having a populated bookshelf. Um, that said, I've had some bookshelves that have had SH Fig Arts boxes on them for years because I think those things look cool on a bookshelf. I am starting to get sick of looking at SH Fig Arts boxes. So <laughs> I also the thing about SH Fig Arts boxes from you know pre the era where they stopped all being the same is they're real easy to put into a stackable container. And I actually, for all this stuff I just said about not really caring about having figures on display, I am planning to get some doors for those bookshelves to then put figures in them for a little while to see how that feels. Just to, you know, change things, not have a homogenous furniture item. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. I hope that answers your question somewhat in Human Elm. Because um, I, I, I fully understand how you feel. Uh, I came to conclusions that perhaps are not considered as healthy as the ones I think you're aiming for. Um, so I think you're on a probably a healthier track than I am. <laughs> But having a system like that already is healthier than I think a majority of collectors out there. So uh, I guess just like the way I would put this is keep it up and don't worry about putting third party toys into a bin. It's fine. Most like the way I would say you do it is get smaller bins for third party figures. So you aren't running into the danger of like, you know, bloating a bin with like 20 of them. Um, actually, for stackable containers, I really like the thinner ones, where it's like, 
I can only put so much in here, but it's like, you know, the, the thickness of like a, a tall pizza box. So I can stack a bunch of these, but also they're like, you know, self-contained shelving. I know this one is all my Viacons. This one is my main cast from first edition. This one's my Prid main cast. This one's my Prid supporting cast. I have one that's just Prid Decepticons who are not main cast. And it's one of my favorite boxes to crack open now and then because it's like Frenzy and Rumble and um, that, uh, oh, who was a dead end. Uh, this is cool friggin' stuff in there. But uh, I'll stop rambling about that for now. And I'll take us into what we got this week. Y'all, Aaron, did you get any Transformers this week? I did. What'd you get? So I got the last wave of the um, Prime Masters. So oh, the... we're going to be here for a while then. Those are some intricate things to talk about. Yeah, uh, it's more of the same, but with different shells. Sorry, I was already. I already got up to get a drink. Uh, yeah. How's the engine? How's the engineering on them? Uh, more the same, but in different colors. Do any of them have? Uh, even got a radical clavicle? No, none of them have radical clavicles. Aaron, you said radical clavicle out loud in a recording. Do you know, know how happy I, I am right now? I know I did. It's um, almost as good as when you said hand feel. Mm-hmm. I, I do these things just to keep you off guard. No, these it's like I make me happy. My little bit of disappointment <laughs> is like none of the the primes have like paint on them. I mean, a, a bit on a on like one face, and that's about it. And they're like prime symbol on their back. It very much seems just like all right. Look, they're done. Fine, here. Yeah, and it's and it again rolls back to, you know, the discussion that I think we've had on both uh, sets of episodes or on both sets of uh, shows of just like, kind of feels like they just let this line, like oh, like just cut it short and just called like wave four it because it's, you have to have four waves. It's like it's an airplane in the sky and the airplanes start to run out of gas and they're like don't worry the fueling plane will show up to refuel us and it never showed up and the airplane was like I think we we have to crash yeah so it's like <laughs> and then that was like I had kind of given up on finding it in stores so I ordered it off of Hasbro Toy Shop and then the day after saw it at Target except for then Hasbro Toy Shop refused to acknowledge that I had ordered it on my Hasbro Toy Shop account so I couldn't cancel it in order to get it for like minus shipping and everything, and I was just like, ah, whatever. Was that recently? Yeah. That do you think that might have been part of their site getting um, a Not, hole ripped through it by Magic the Gathering players? It was. It was. I guess before that. Okay. But by a day or two. But yeah, post all of that, it's also you been. To, you want to look at another community just having a straight up. Uh, product-based debacle. Go look at that yeah. Guilds of Ravnica yeah. Masterpiece set delivery. That... Yeah. Welcome to Hasbro Toy Shop. God, those poor people. Like, I get why they're mad, but also I wouldn't have been that mad because I've dealt with that friggin' site before. Like, a prestige item for 250 and you're all trying to pile in to get it? I'm like, this is mm -hmm. a recipe for disaster. I've been through this, but none of these people have. Yeah, and so that whole deal is... In case you're not a CCG person, there were very premium versions of very 
um, in-demand cards. So, like, alternate art, um, foil, nothing that's essential, but... It's like eight planeswalkers or something. Like, yeah, like eight planeswalkers, very nice to have type of thing that they put up at a premium price. Uh, so, so I, I should explain. It's not two fifty for eight cards, but these eight cards were sold in a very special case, which involved getting a case of booster packs with right. these eight cards attached to it. They were, that, that's why it's two fifty, which also I thought was a little bonkers. Yeah, uh, but I, you know. I'm new to this. <laughs> but so then hey, Hasbro Toy Shop did what Hasbro Toy Shop does and crashes out and like pretends like it was in your box and then it wasn't and then you get to the payment page except for it doesn't take your payment and it doesn't take you anything else and then you have three uh like PayPal notices that you bought three of them at exactly the same time but then you didn't get it and then Nobody has any idea. And then they talk to customer service, and some people then find out their order was canceled in full. Right. Uh, some people find out their order is fine, depending on who answers you know, customer service. And then the, the coda to this is the company that runs the Grand Prix event says, well, don't worry, we got a bunch, and if you show up in person to any of our remaining Grand Prix events this year, you can pre- pre-buy them. Yeah. And it's like, these are in, like, 15 cities in the next 12 weeks <laughs> yeah like this is insane <laughs> so it's it wasn't that sort of madness but it was definitely a uh, a frustration of, of just like <laughs> it, I know that I ordered it because as soon as I put it all in and logged in it had all of my information filled in so that I could just like click two more buttons and buy it but now it's not showing up as a thing that I've ordered. Whatever. But well, you got them. Yeah, that's what's really important. Did you get yeah. anything else this week? I did. Oh no, I got Studio Series Ironhide. Oh, oh I finally get to say, oh, welcome to the club. Yeah, uh, he does a couple of really neat tricks in his transformation. Um the way that all of his various sets of wheels just manage their own life, including the fake ones. Yeah. Um, come out pretty well. And the way that he was packaged in the box had his shoulder articulation limited a whole lot more um, than when I eventually transformed. I think it was like, it's like the second time I transformed him around. What was that? In, in package, there's like four things not tabbed in that with them not being tabbed in at the start, it's real easy to not know they tab in. Right. Uh, and his like the way are... that hit the way that the like, uh, hood door sides and back all come together. I think in the box was not quite right. It was just not put together. Like, yeah. It made it, was... it look like a sloppy toy and you're like, well, I guess this is a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think it was like out of the box, the, the top of the truck wasn't, tucked up but down yeah. like diaper style and and I don't think that the the like the shoulder blocks were all pegged together right diaper iron hide is not my favorite yeah. iron hide but properly transformed iron hide is pretty good yeah uh, he keeps pulling off the good uh, studio series action uh, he's got like really gucky eye paint that I really can't tell if that's supposed to be the way that his like 
he had a messed up face a little bit or not. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's Ironhide for sure. All right. I kind I kind of wish he had a better integration for his uh, weapons because he has like the kind of the big open area, couple big open areas underneath the truck, and I didn't see any way that you could like hide even one of his weapons, like the smaller gun that that they show going on like his right arm. Um, didn't really have like a place that even that could tuck, other than plug the two of them together and then put it on top of his tonneau cover on the truck bed. Yeah, uh, I was hoping that the guns would. I remember the when I got him the one, well the second thing I was hoping was that his guns would integrate a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like that they 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 plug together to just be a block, mm-hmm. but uh, the the first thing was actually oh I wish that this bumper had two hinges. Because mm-hmm. uh, then he would have a nice midsection. But you know he's still he's still a solid Voyager. That that line is still good at Voyagers. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, anything else you got on topic this week? Nope. Then, TJ, did you get your Big Bad Toy Store box? Hey, you remembered. Yes, I did. Yeah. All right. So how'd that, how'd that, uh, and Lutoning go? Well, here's the interesting thing about the box. Um, because I'm pretty much just waiting for Siege to come in, and I'm not too thrilled with Cyberverse or Studio Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had to seek alternate methods for my Transformers experiences. All right, you're getting into some of that straight-up Transformers porn. Yeah, I've been waiting to talk about this on the podcast. I'm pretty sure that's against the rules, so we're not going to do that. All right. But I decided uh, I was going to take the plunge on a couple third-party things, and Mm -hmm. I figured while I was doing that, Let's go through the clearance section at BBTS and see what other third-party things I can try just to sample a little of everything. So I had, so my box was just like all third-party stuff. And a lot of it is old, so it's not going to be too terribly revealing. I've been tempted by some of that sales stuff. Like, there was a Toy World or um, Black Optimist that, like, for years, I've kind of wanted that Toy World Optimus, and I almost got it. Um, I didn't end up ordering it, but I know how you feel. Hmm. Uh, but uh, smallest to biggest, so I start with the New Age Flipper, the little tiny bumblebee everyone told me I needed to get. That's a good toy. That's a... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, everyone needs to get this thing. This is a super tiny bumblebee, but it also does... It does everything better than most third-party bumblebees I've seen. Yeah. Where, like... Because trying to parse the whole... His G1 proportions with the scrunched-up beetle vehicle mode, and there's always something that goes wrong. Like, the torso's super long, or the feet are gigantic. This toy hits a nice middle of everything. He just looks really good. I really want to know who made that. Like I know it has a company name on it, but that company I've never heard of before, never heard of since. It's yeah, so, it's New Age. It's their first figure, and then they're doing Goldbug as a remold, and that's all they've done so far. And yeah. they need to do more because this is kind of brilliantly engineered. I'm I'm like, there's a lot about that toy that makes me think it's a DX9 joint secretly. Um, 
and it's, it bums me out because I'm like, DX9's pocket scale stuff could sure use that injection of good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why it would be side-branded like this, but yeah, it's it's probably the best third-party figure bang for your buck in a long time. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad you picked it up. Everyone should have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like on the whole figure, I only have two knocks, which is I don't like the inward bend to his hands because it mm-hmm. makes holding his gun a little awkward. And uh, the two little black uh, spots on his vehicle mode are caused by his uh, shoulder limbs. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, the ball joint stems. Like that's corrected on the Goldbug version. Yeah, which almost makes bug... me want to get the Goldbug version too. Goldbug is actually the better version on every level. Uh <laughs> having I bought both of them and the Goldbug not only does he fix the black spots, um I think his head sculpt is actually a little sharper. It's a little bit more detailed at the same size. And where the Bumblebee's backpack feels like something else was supposed to happen to lock it all together mm-hmm. if you leave it untransformed it's a perfect throttle bot hood so Goldbug just I think succeeds by a decimal on every point um, slightly over uh, the Bumblebee hmm. also Goldbug comes with a jetpack so you get a jetpack you can share between the two of them okay yeah I might have to get that excellent I helped right. I'm a helpful person so, since you mentioned DX9, uh, next on the list was the War in Pocket Plague and Metalance two-pack, which is mm-hmm. Scourge and Ratchet, the most natural of two-packs. Yeah, straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Plague is basically a tiny titanium Scourge with better mm-hmm. articulation. So, aside from having, like, a super long, stretched-out head, he's fine. Like, he's, I wanted to troop build that thing for a while. Uh, if it, I, was, I was actually thinking of that. Like, if it was a little bit smaller, I'd be willing to troop build it and just stack them around my uh, Unicron. So here's the problem. Because you'd think the easy thing to do, right, is, oh, just sell that plague figure on its own. People will buy 20 of them. The only way to get that plague figure on its own was in this weird special metallic Ziploc bag release that you could only get from Chinese sellers at a slight premium. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to do that. Okay. So I never did. <laughs> it made him cost almost as much as the two pack, basically. And Jeez. I was like, that that erases the part that makes me want to troop build this. <laughs> There's so some one... Also, if you want his gun, his gun comes with their devastator. There's some more history for you. Oh, oh brilliant. Uh, Metalance, uh, Ratchet. Uh, yes. I-, I like the transformation scheme. Like I, I like how he forms up and everything. I, I, I wish he was made better. Really yeah, wish he was made uh, better. Yeah, I've got, I've got one panel that forms the front of his shoulder slash the side of his vehicle that does not hold onto its hinge for anything, and mm-hmm. I cannot figure out how to fix it. And I've got at least one ball joint that will not hold a pose no matter what I do to it. So there's a reason why that two-pack's on sale. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Ironhide version of that mold is what sold me on on pocket-scale third-party in general. Um, that Ratchet is an, a weirdly off-color, worse-put-together version of it that really bums me out. Because uh, the Ironhide version was good. There's actually a re-release of Ironhide, Ratchet, and their blur as a three-pack, um, which I've never found a review of. 
but my I, it's slightly color tweaked and I believe built slightly better because they did the same thing for their their Unicron heralds and it improved all of them a little bit here and there. Um, but yeah, that two pack is is unfortunate because um, <laughs> it it should have been way better. Yeah, yeah, it should have been. Let's see, uh, see what's up on the next size up. It is <laughs> Toy World Aurora. The searchlight. Oh, the mm-hmm. white one. The white one. The one that's been like twenty bucks on BBTS for years. Unbelievable to me because that's a. I think that's a good toy. It's a really good toy. Like yeah, I was. I, I've been putting it off for the longest time, and I kind of regret it because it's super solid and really, really good at what it does. Yeah, like a lot of people like uh, Grind Rod, the green one, a little bit more. I, I, I see where they're coming from. I feel Aurora is like the strongest figure from that whole team uh, in some ways. Well, no, the gold bug is, but the Aurora is the strongest of the original bunch. Yeah, and, uh, and, and it's the one you can still find, unlike that gold yeah. bug. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> uh, But yeah, like my only issue with the toy was like, I don't know if it's just because of how long it's sat in the package or if it's just how the toy was the the thigh swivels on mine were super tight to the point of stress marking the mushroom pegs. That's also classic toy world, unfortunately. Oh, that's that's a um, shame to hear. A lot of their old stuff, you kind of have to go in going like, all right, what do I have to do? <laughs> like, what do I have to add a lubricant to or what screws do I need to slightly loosen so yeah. this toy doesn't, you know, eat itself? <laughs> yeah. So, kids, six bucks on Amazon. Get your shock oil. It. uh Yeah. It saves your investments. Uh, but yeah, a little bit of Lubin, he's perfect. Like, it's a really cool transformation. He's a very solid feel. He's, he's kind of like, he's that classic Cybertron level of kind of like solid feeling toy. Yeah. Like, this really makes me wish I had the others or they were readily available in any fashion and they are not. What I'll tell you is what you like about him is most exemplified by him and Grindrod and Goldbug. Uh, the two arm ones for the the Gestalt are a lot... I like them a lot, but they're a lot more complicated. Uh, a lot more, I guess, like, you know, um, gener- like generation 1.5 third party. And the... the wi- is it Wide Load, the orange one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Toy World Wide Load. That is not a friendly toy. And it is a, a very mean toy. He's not nice to you. That's unfortunate to hear, because that's the he's, one I grew up with as a kid. Like, that's the one I was looking he, forward to the most. He's bigger than the rest. I think, actually, I like that figure to a degree. Like, it's not my favorite figure, but I ended up liking it. But he is, he's larger than the rest, which is a plus. He's much more complicated than the rest. Uh partly because he also transforms into part of a torso. And for whatever reason, that led to some of their engineering solutions being very uh, angle-based. There are some parts of his transformation where it completely works. As long as you're not off on your alignment angles of all these things, it will all... This part will pass right through that other part. If you're off, though, then you're dead man. Um, you need a video for him, basically. <laughs> Which makes him a lot not like Aurora, is what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say. Ah. Uh, okay, duly noted on that one. Uh, next I, up, I would feel I'd, I'd feel bad if you ordered him thinking he'd be like Aurora, basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, I like I like having the heads up. That'd be like uh, I'm gonna I want a toy that's like Cybertron, Galaxy Force, Optimus Prime, and someone says, "Oh, go buy MP36." You know, like right. Uh, so next up, unique toys sound mixer, the almost Voyager size blaster. Oh, is that the one with the with the uh, weird like industrial armor? Yeah, yeah, that was like, a weird toy. Like, yeah, I, I have no idea what was going on with that. Like, he, he comes Nobody with that. Nobody does. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, did he, like get get some like fluoro dairy nonsense design sheet that I don't know about that had all this extra armor just slapped on for no reason. Nobody can tell what like so that armor is like vaguely based on like you know like a like an industrial DJ or something like that's what people piece together. That toy is 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 the only toy of that style that company ever made, and it was like it was sort of farted out and then immediately pushed to clearance. No one knows the story behind that thing that I can discern, at least that I've ever caught on. Like, yeah, because that's that immediately got chucked aside. Like I don't even know what I did with that at this point. Like, yeah, as a, <laughs> like as just as like an accessory piece, because like my go-to sound wave for a long time has been the music label. Yeah, you know, and he makes they they make good counterpoints to each other, like they work well together. And as a blaster, he's not that bad. Like aside from he doesn't fit cassettes, so you know you you have this semblance of a cassette with his gun. Yeah. Uh, besides that, like uh, his posability is not bad. He looks really good. You know, he scales the way I would like him to. Like outside of some panel issues, getting him into blaster mode, uh, perfectly fine. Like, yeah. All the reviews of him were basically like, "This is a pretty okay toy." I wish I understood the idea behind it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's good, but I don't get it. Yeah, it's, it's like an, an expressionist piece of artwork. I don't know what it means. And like, that's also like, I'll, I'll say because I also support that in third party a lot more than stuff that's more like immediately obvious. The thing that I think was weak about that blaster is even it's creative stuff. You're kind of sitting there going like, yeah, but I don't know why you did this. Right. When you made such a G1 ass looking blaster to go with it as well. Mm hmm. Yeah, he's like Super G1, but for whatever reason, we've got combat armor on him. Yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's what I would call a mixed message. It's like, I, I don't, like, I, I like stuff that's that's weird and unpredictable, but that one I was kind of like, I just don't actually know what you were doing here. Mm -hmm. And none of y'all ever told anybody, because that thing just quietly went away. <laughs> so, uh, the one that started this look at the clearance aisle, because this went on super dirt cheap clearance, was the SXS overclocking. They Love that toy. A Voyager level blur. Which yeah. Uh, I'm a little indifferent to it, honestly. I I love that toy in part because I got it for a deal for fifty Canadian off repper labels at a TF con. I admit. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. This. This. The only reason I'm not more upset by the toy is it's it ran me like thirty five bucks. Yeah. Which for something that started off north of a hundred. Okay, fine. Like, um, like it, it's it's a it's a nice looking toy in both modes. Mm -hmm. It just has oddities to it that I don't get. Like the way the way they dealt with the head 
transform into vehicle mode feels like way overcomplicated. It does. Something about it I didn't mind too much, I think, because there's not much room for error, I guess. It's like it's really complicated solution with this giant hinge stick, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, because like uh, for those who have never seen or experienced the toy, he's got two panels on his back that split open to open up in the center so that yeah. a big chain of hinges can take the head all the way from the top down to the bottom so that the head in vehicle mode ends up under the front end of the car. I guess I didn't mind it just because, like, there's so little room for error. It's like, this is this is way overcomplicated, but I still don't really have to think too much. Uh, I'm also, I think I mostly remember um, liking the shape of his vehicle mode and loving his inexplicable claw. Okay, that's my, my favorite part of the, the whole thing. My favorite part of the whole toy is this massive hand cannon he comes with that just has this big claw mode for no reason with, like, super yeah. sharp blades. Yep, it just turns into a big friggin' claw. It's just for when people go like, Blur's a wuss. He's like, all right, I will friggin', I'm gonna gut you and decapitate you at the same time. <laughs> like, all right, don't say anything bad to Blur. <laughs> <laughs> but he's literally too fast to see him move, and he has this massive claw he just likes to shank you with. Yeah, he just likes to trisect people. It's what he does when he gets mad. <laughs> Uh, but no, aside from, like, I like the toy well enough, aside from I feel a little overcomplicated in engineering. Uh, mm. My own, my big grievance with him are uh, the ratcheted hips that are way too wide. Yeah, that, that was, this is a weird thing. That There was this era he's part of where across multiple third-party companies, there was this really odd habit to have ratcheted outer hip motion with too few clicks so that like what you're describing basically was like what a lot of people do is they just take the ratchets out of his hips and turn them into friction joints yeah which sounds like a viable option i'll probably be exercising yeah it it became just this odd thing for multiple third-party toys where it was like the clicks are like i don't know what you'd call it like like 28 degrees a piece or something so you go from stock still to way too wide yeah Um, it reminds me of what a lot of energon figures used to do yeah yeah no that whole era that was a an oddly common problem and no one could figure out like how this happened (laughs) because also a lot of figures with that problem did not have ratcheted forward and backward motion and sometimes really could have used that instead (laughs) Like, I'm guessing there's just might some be some kind of standard where, like, this is really easy to engineer walking in this many positions. And it just happened yeah. to create just when you put two together, the the angle is just way too wide to look natural. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the, the photography for toys, too, I think you could kind of notice it sometimes. Like, they're really hiding one leg in the angle or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, the finale of the box and the only one that wasn't on the cheap in any way, shape or form, because I I would not sully this toy by waiting for a discount was Mastermind Coulter. All right. Welcome to the club. And like that is still one of my favorite third party figures ever. He is amazing. He is so cool. Like it's a simple transformation for something that's that's big and has this price point 
Uh, I am of the mindset of, you know, as long as both modes look really, really good, uh, I want you to get me from one to the other in as few tricks as possible without resorting to shell. Mm-hmm. And that toy does it beautifully. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't overindulge itself. It doesn't complicate itself. It just... It feels very torn to just go from what he needs to just go through what he needs to do to get from one killing mode to the next. And my, my favorite way to describe that transformation is it is nothing but satisfying moments with no busy work. It's mm-hmm. just a bunch of satisfying motions. And now he's the tank. You're done. Yeah. Like just a suit. Just like everything about him is just like such a cool figure. Like, I love everything. I love the way it looks. love how close it comes to the comic book design. They hit the colors, too. Like Yeah. Mm. Like, I, I, I seriously wish I had, like, a gold-trimmed Decepticon logo just to finish him off. Yeah. I mean, I guess you dig around enough, right? Find the right labels. <laughs> well, I mean, I like, got plenty of Decepticon labels just strewn about here and there. But, like, like that specific gold trim that the DJD had... Yeah, that's what I mean. You gotta find the right one. Can't find. I don't. I don't even remember if the right one's ever been produced. I feel like someone must have. I guess in a pinch you could use like one of the movie ones. Uh. I mean, they're angrier. You know, it kind of fits. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, like congratulations. Yeah. That's... <laughs> this might this might start a very dangerous trend because I kind of want the DJD now. What I'll say is I'm, I mean, um, I'm real happy with him. Coulter is still the best figure of the bunch, mm-hmm. but, um, like, like Cynicus, uh, I think the second run Cynicus, the first run Cynicus, cause he's so like thin, it was a bit of a, it was a less good feeling toy. And I think the second run, they, they did it at a slightly better production level. I never got the second run though. Um, but, uh, Anarchus, uh, who turns into a chair and also a scorpion, is a fun ass toy. He's a little bit limited in posability, but like I like that figure a lot too. And they they gave him a pet, which is just friggin' a weird little arachnoid thing that allows him to turn into a scorpion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're like, okay, listen, some of you might balk at turning into a chair on treads, and that's fine. Here, he can also turn into a scorpion. There, like that's just a it's a feature loaded toy. I, I like it a lot. Well, congratulations. Congratulations on a potentially dangerous level of spending. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else on topic on your end, or was that was that uh, the full-on? No, no. Like, I'm literally just, like, sitting here back waiting, like, when's the next masterpiece, or when is Siege? Whichever yeah. comes first. I wonder if we're going to... We're probably going to see Wave 1 Siege at the end of the year, or at least a decent chance of it. Like, that always seems to be the pattern... Um, I'm not going to be mad if we don't, but I just feel like, I feel like it's going to pop up out of nowhere, uh, just in time for like boxing day sales. Um, speaking of which on topic, what I got this week, I don't think I got anything on topic this week. Uh, cause I talked about my studio series Bumblebee last week. Um, I've started to understand that figure a bit better, but I do not think that is a top tier studio series figure. I think it's fine. Uh, but it's a lockdown. It's not a jazz, is what I would say. Um, I've, I don't, actually, I never told you guys. 
I just can't get Studio Series Volkswagen Bumblebee to go together in his car mode very well. Like, it just does not... Nothing, nothing... There's no final, like, you know? Like, nothing, nothing grips. And I've had people explain to me how they do it, and I'm like, it kind of works, but it's not giving me one of those, you know? Um... So I'll just go to off topic, and I, I was mostly I've been painting miniatures. Uh, I actually have almost finished painting some Games Workshop miniatures, and that's a first for a long time. So uh, that's my little ongoing journey. Um, I went to the Guilds of Ravnica pre-release. Uh, I, I went in as is it because science is cool, and I got a bad seated pack, so I kind of got my ass kicked. But I, I, I won a game out of six. <laughs> I had a good time still. Um, I meant to go do some drafting on the weekend, but didn't get a chance, so I'm going to try to do that later on. Because I, I, I like that set a lot, actually, for, for Limited. Uh, there's a lot of really clear, obvious things to do with what you get in your cards. Uh, and the mechanics are, are super cool to watch unfold when someone actually has a really decent deck built around them. Um, okay. But, Aaron, what about you? What did you do those off-topic? Um, I was at my uh, big annual 1700s reenactment event that only had the worst rain in like 20 years. So, Ooh. uh, yeah, it, uh, it, they ended up, uh, closing everything down early so that people could get out and it was a floody, muddy mess. Um, but yeah, that's what I did. I that's a brought shame. plenty of plenty of money to uh, to pick up something interesting, and I uh, didn't see anything that I really needed for uh, for any of my garb or or uh, for for what I do. So it was uh, looks like that's TFCon money instead. That's not a negative thing necessarily. Yeah, no, I mean the the rough thing is is because so much stuff out there. Like, if I'd seen the right uh, capote out there, it's like a two hundred fifty dollar drop for a nice like coat. You know, it's a wool blanket coat. Like the the really nice ones, like a couple layers and some some tooling and some nice buttons. It's like stuff that makes it like costs. So, like, it is definitely a thing that is understandable at that price, but then it's also just a matter of, like, you know, if if you don't have it on you, some of those places just only take cash. And, oh, you want to pay with a card? Well, that's either not happening or you're going to pay a premium because... We didn't have cards they, in the 1700s. Yeah. Like, some some dealers are good about that, others aren't whatever i'm not gonna give too hard of a time about it but it's definitely uh you know yeah it's 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 a go and be ready rather than uh not so it was yeah. i i for for all the fear and all the flooding and everything i still had a good time out there but that's what's important it was I guess. also it was also like thursday morning until sunday night and uh yeah you can have a disappointing good time still. Yeah. Like that's Yeah, I mean it was you know it Yeah. It was it was a lot of time under under canvas talking to people. Um so it was As it was, they did back then. Yeah. I mean it's a 
pretty similar to what would be going on if they were getting a bunch of rain too so yeah it was, I was secretly I was, a great event. <laughs> I was told that I shouldn't be uh, out barefoot because I was putting up a, a bad example to the kids that were out there one day. And it's like, well, it's a muddy mud pit in some of these areas. So, like, I'd rather not, like, trash out my moccasins when instead I can just rinse off my feet. Yeah. So. That's logical. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. got, I don't I don't think that necessarily me having your back on anything is going to enter into much. But I'm like, I got your back on this. Yeah. Washing shoes sucks. But yeah, that's the long and short of of what my weekend was. Uh, just just for clarity, in case people heard noises, TJ talking about his culture made me immediately reach over to the culture remold that I have sitting on a desk next to me that I've been meaning to mess with more. And I just immediately fell into the culture remold hole. Coulter's better than their Thunder Clash, but oh, it's such a good figure. I'm trying to think of anything else. I am doing a 12-hour Game-a-thon thing uh, Saturday. I'm, so. I want to do one. I don't know. I've had a, 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 a bunch of stuff come up that very much gets in the way of planning Game-a-thoning mm-hmm. um, that I'm figuring out still, but I still want to do something if I get the chance. I'm going to figure something out. I'll do something, but yeah. I have no plan. If I do something, it's going to be very unplanned, as is most of my life. So, you know, stay tuned. Yeah. And then about my only other thing is I'm still behind on my goals, so I may not make my thousand this year. That's all right. That means that you're going to make uh, 2,000 next year. Yeah means in order to keep getting a gold medal I'll just donate the rest of the way up or something. I don't know. I, I feel like it's okay to not get a gold medal every single year, but I feel yeah. like me saying that is opening a can of worms and I don't want to open a can of worms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I'm sure you'll do it. I'm sure you'll do it. Yeah. Um. In the meantime, TJ, did you do anything off topic this week? Uh, only one thing that counts as off-topic, which is I picked up Mega Man 11. I heard that that's a pretty good game. Uh, yeah. It, it is pretty, pretty good. It has, like, you know, one crippling flaw, or a couple crippling flaws, but also is a good game. It, it, it gives me what I want out of a Mega Man experience. Oh, it doesn't like, give me everything I would want. For what I want, that's what we were talking about. Um, I'm sorry, I... you don't you don't want to be able to jump when you go through the boss door and then float through, like okay. a real game. Okay, one <laughs> crippling game breaking flaw aside, you don't want the the screen to freeze and go when you get a, a, a health power up. Actually, that I don't care. <laughs> Okay, I didn't care about that till I watched the game, and then it immediately started to bother me. Like I was like shocked how much it bothered me that the health power ups were instantaneous. I was like, no, the rhythm of this is you get it, it stops, and it goes, and then you know how much you got. That's part of the tactile feedback of this game. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, like I think, uh, like it's a bit of a classic bit that's gone. But you know what? I like that. Because that kind of always threw off the pace for me. 
I've fallen oh, in many man. holes because like I missed time to jump because a power up was just sitting on the edge. Okay, I was gonna say that's that's TJ's opinion. Please direct all comments about what he just said to TJ Omega on Twitter. Uh, I, I I I didn't tell him to say that. I'm not the one who, who told him that it, it doesn't matter. I'm just I'm just messing. Mega Man fans can be pretty nuts. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I've I, I've I've noticed. Yeah, but that's right. We are pretty nuts. <laughs> but no, like really solid game. Normal difficulty is brutal. Which is appropriate, mm-hmm. and it feels like an old NES game. In that, there's just as someone who's grown up with those games and has played all of them, there is something really, really fun about just staring at a boss screen and going, "Who kills who?" Yeah, it's just like not immediately knowing. Oh, well, this boss is the easiest to beat with a Mega Buster, and then I go with his weapon against this one, his weapon against this. No, like I've like tactile like figuring it out like i'm at the in the game right now i'm down to like the ice boss and the fire boss i'm like who would hurt who here because it could go either way the thing i like that i heard about is that while there are boss orders that can help because they have weaknesses and stuff the dual gear system kind of opens it up such that you have a better opportunity to sequence break without having to be insanely good at the game oh yeah yeah, well, that, that's a definite edge in any part of the game. And, like, you know, they kind of structured everything to be a little bit easier if you get really good at that system. Yeah. Which is what, you know, which is what a good gameplay mechanic should do. Um, But, yeah, like, I've... I have found myself in a few situations where it's like, I guessed wrong on a boss's weapon, but, you know... True, true, true to Mega Man. If you pay attention to patterns and you know just you know you know keep your attention up, you can pretty much win with just standard weaponry and loadout. Yeah, like I, I most I, I watched the Giant Bomb quick look because I was curious what the game looked like in motion because I, I want to pick it up at some point. Because uh, I, I also really like the art direction they went with. I never was interested in nine and ten. Um, nine and ten felt like such a, a slap. They felt so and like, the people well people loved it and I was like I guess I'm just not one of those well, I mean, kinds of fans. The gameplay is I've, fine. The gameplay is fine, but I don't like I don't like the complete you know like ignoring any progression in design and graphic quality and just going straight back to NES level. Oh there, yeah, there were people who who loved that and also I found out there are people who think Mega Man 7 is bad and I'm like I don't understand how any of you people are real. Yeah, like I like I like like okay, I I understand why they think that, like because like because the sprites are all larger, Mega Man doesn't jump as high. The screen feels more claustrophobic than the giant open areas that are in the classic games. Oh, it's so good though. But it, yeah, like, but it's, it's still a really solid game. Like yeah, and it's it's the one where like it's like a proto X game. And then I also found out there are people who don't like Mega Man X because it's got too much plot, what? it's too tryhard, and what? I'm like. What? I'm like, where did these people come from, and why do they matter? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like Mega Man Seven has too much X in it, and I'm just like, I. Oh no, the hamburger has too much burger in it. Like, I, <laughs> it's I too delicious for me. That's the problem. Yeah, there are people who don't like Seven. There are people who equate Seven with Eight, which I also think is kind of nuts. But no, no. Objectively, those are two vastly different experiences. 
Yeah, I, I found out there's a lot in the Mega Man fandom that makes me very much an outsider, and we're probably going to get yelled at for me yelling about all this on here. So I just remind you all, it was TJ's idea. Oh, um, here, 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 here. I'll, I will deflect <laughs> it for you. I'll deflect it for you. Mega Man <laughs> X7 is not the worst game in the franchise. And that will... Uh, I don't remember which one that is. That was the first 3D one. Oh! Okay, yeah, I, I never played it. <laughs> Good. Don't ever. It's an atrocity. Like everything about it, object like plays terribly. I still say X six is worse because it's some of the worst designs I've ever seen. Is X six the one with zero virus? Yes. I remember renting that and finding that it's it's somehow. How do I put this? I was I was a teenager at the time with far more ignorance to the whole thing. But I remember that game feeling pointedly unwelcome. Like, it felt like the game was mad at me for for playing it. <laughs> it felt like it wanted well, me to go away. It, well, everything, well, yeah, because the game is very uninviting and very player-unfriendly. There's areas of that game you can't progress without taking damage. That's, like, there's yeah. just, and, like... The second you're a pixel off screen, everything regenerates. So if something hits you and you fall down, you have to climb back up, you're in hell all over again. Yeah, I just remember that. That was one of the first times a game just felt like it was looking me in the eye and just going like, I hate you. Mm -hmm. I was like, what yeah, did I it's... do to you? It's like, you tried to play me. <laughs> um, that's our Mega Man podcast, by the way. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I got the 66 action guys and those ride armors, but I haven't built them yet. I'm kind of saving it for a rainy day. Sitting in my warehouse, just waiting for Zio stuff to come in. The 66 action box, because I got the box from HLJ, you get um, basically two of everything, which is kind of cool. But I found out from friends who were at New York Comic Con that the, at New York Comic Con, the, the, I guess, you know, English language version of those boxes were full on blind boxes. Ooh. Whereas the Japanese ones, it's the same box, but it has a name tag on the top, so you know what's what. So apparently at New York Comic Con, they were fully blind boxed, and that made a couple of friends of mine go like, I know I don't want three figures out of this, so I'm just not going to try. And I was like, that's that's a shame. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's generally why I import anything like that, because even if it gets a U.S. release, I know in Japan it's usually evenly distributed. Yeah. Oh man, the Soto Common Rider Zio stuff is so good. I, I should maybe have talked about that. I'll talk about it after you're done. Uh, did you oh, do any oh, other off-topic stuff? No, no, that's that's it. I'm done. Okay, so I got the Soto Zio stuff, which is real good Soto. Like it's it's again a step up. The figure is not. There's not much in the figure to step up. They just added wrist swivels and hand swaps to everybody. But the stickers are a major step up in that they still are the now slightly vinyl-y, I think, stickers from Build 5 onwards, where they just suck down onto the detail, and once they're adhered, it's very hard to get them to peel off after a day or so. Um, but what they did is they got rid of all the busy work stickers, or the ones that are, what I would call, that's my word for it, the stickers that are unpleasant to put on, and you know you're going to have to do them on 80% of the figures in the entire line. Uh, for Exade, it was the bicep strips and the forearm wrist straps and the ankle triangles. For Build, it was all those times you had a split 
single color patch on a thigh that was two stickers going on curvatures that almost never lined up right and you had to do it on all the figures uh the zeo ones just got rid of that like every the, the most finicky stickers on them are the ride watches on the forearms and you just lay them down push and they adhere right into the detail it's so good um also because of those stickers being really good and having full coverage i also got the rkf figures which are the five inch ones that have all the ride armors and stuff i like those figures actually the the ab ball joint is what makes those figures but in side-by-side shots holy crap the soto figures look so much better uh, they make the RKF figures look like candy toys, which is weird because Soto is the candy toy. Um, but uh, I'm really enjoying that stuff. And also, I was awake at like 3.30 in the morning one day when suddenly HLJ got a bunch of certain things back in stock. So TJ, I also have a Zeo belt now with like four watches. Ooh. Uh, and here's what I'll say about it. I actually had a lot of trouble getting it to spin without like you know, disengaging watches while it was spinning, I launched a watch into the, sh- the sofa, basically. <laughs> that spin gimmick, I actually don't know how a kid does that. That thing is very... It's not like it's finicky, but imagining myself as, like, a six-year-old having to shove down on that thing at a very specific angle and not hit the button on the top where I'm shoving that disengages the watches... Uh, it's kind of weird. Like I was like, I wonder how this is going with kids. I do really like it though, because once you figure out how the spin works, that's a friggin' satisfying spin. Because it's got a little bit of resistance, and there's two clicks during the spin, and it's like, mm. uh, and all the lights are neat and the sounds are cool. I bought roleplay toys. Here we go again. Um, Welcome. But I, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's, it hasn't actually been all that long when I think about it, because Exade was the last one I was really into. So it's. Only been a little while since I bought roleplay toys, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, the Soto Zio toys are so good, and already they are like I'm already start. I, I like RKF, and I think when the Rider Kick figures get into more of those legacy suits, like as just action figures, they're pretty cool. The way they're doing the armors, though, uh, Soto is just doing it better, and like that Forze armor that just came out with the straight up like here's a hinge attaching the mask so that the neck joint stops working I'm like this seems like something that RKF was specifically moving away from and now you have locked articulation because of a stupid armature hinge and then Soto's like here's our version of the Forze armor that does all the same stuff but better and I'm like man (laughs) Uh, that's some common writer talk for you all and I think that's a podcast for you all. So thanks for joining us for this. Holy crap. That was long. Uh, thanks for joining us for this one. Thanks, Aaron and TJ, for sticking it out um, and uh, talking some New York Comic Con. And uh, we'll be back later. So stay tuned and stay safe. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay.